Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the XNC Podcast, your Xbox newscast featuring Cold Eastwood, hosting industry interviews and gaming talk live on YouTube every Monday night at 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East Coast. For all of you listening around the world, XNC Podcast is available on demand on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Welcome to the show. Join the chat, hit the like button, and let's get into this week's topics with the XNC Podcast live. <laughs> I, I was doing the intro and i was watching i'm such a dork I was watching my little antics and uh welcome to the ecstasy podcast i'm so happy to be here i've got two of my best friends we got randall thor 19 and miles dumpier i'm not even gonna let them talk i just want to welcome everybody to the show over 200 people are here live on the cole eastwood channel thank you for checking out this little tiny show that i made we're on episode 32 we just made it through, it's been a crazy year, a big E3 Xbox with a huge comeback. Jeff Keeley did like a E3 part two in the winter, and um, we've got a lot to talk about. I want to introduce a friend of mine for well over four years, a guy who I talk to on the phone every single day, Randall Thor, 19. How are you, buddy? I thought you were going to say Miles Dampier. Oh! You know? <laughs> I'm doing good. It seems to be, uh, you know, I don't even know if I agreed to do this podcast. All of a sudden it was like, no, Cognito's you like, didn't. you're doing ILP. And then Colt's like, you're doing X and C tomorrow, right? And I'm like, what is, what, don't I don't I get a break here? Like, what's going on? I'm talking about the same thing. Now I got to talk about the same thing I've talked about twice in the past three days. And now I got to talk about it again, but I'm going to try to say a little bit different. What are you doing to me, Colt? <laughs> Well, what I did was I, Miles and I lured you out of a cave like the little uh, Hellblade troll, and then we started throwing <laughs> flaming sticks at you and said, come do the podcast, baby. And Miles We're was like, Elden Ring's game of the year. And I'm yeah. like, no. Yeah, so, but we do have a lot to talk about. Rand, uh, how have you been besides, like, podcasting your face off? Have you been playing games? Uh, I mean, outside of finishing Halo Infinite, uh, not really. I'm kind of just chilling. You know, just reading, chilling, bro. Reading, reading some books I need to catch up on. Um, but for the most part, uh, yeah, just uh, I don't know. I haven't really been on Xbox too much lately. Uh, you haven't. That, I've been no. talking to everybody but you. Um, yeah. Well, but, you know, but, well, Halo I mean, Infinite I... came out. I beat it, and unfortunately, uh, I didn't get any achievements, and I wasn't able to move my save file over to the uh, 
to the nope. retail build, which is like, oh, come on, you're killing me with this. Um, I ran around and like un- unlocked so much stuff for nothing, but uh, I am replaying it right now. I'm like midway through, but um, who cares about me? Who do we care about, Randall Thor? We, we care about Miles Dompier. We care about Miles Dompier. What you, is good? I'm I'm fantastic. You know, anytime I get to sit and hang out with Colt, and I guess Rand too. I mean, oh, uh, I Rand fun, too. fun anecdote here. For the first time ever, Rand sent me a party invite on Xbox. That's what? right, I did. Was it that, wasn't, that wasn't the first. That's like the second time. I called him out a few weeks ago because he's all Rand Isle offline and anytime he's on Xbox. <laughs> and then he's calling me out because I don't send him a party invite to play Halo, but I never know when he's online. All right. And then out of the blue, getting ready to go to bed in the wee hours comes comes Randall Thor knocking oh on my, my door gosh. to say what's up. And because uh, normally Miles is in a party with the same three or four people. I don't want to. I don't want. I don't want to jump in there and be like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" My, the Miles Treehouse on Xbox. Yeah, like that's where right. I don't he doesn't do let down the rope, let anybody up. <laughs> but he he was playing the campaign and he was by himself. I'm like, "Hey, this would be a good time to talk to Miles." Yeah, so yeah and we, he joined and yeah. we chatted, and then we we're like, was, "Where's Cold Eastwood?" And Cold Eastwood was nowhere to be seen. <laughs> hey, I've been, I've been, uh, I've been playing. I've been driving in Forza Horizon and playing. Halo, it's all about those uh, hot holiday exclusives. Shout out to Hargit Chani, a member of the channel. He's been asking me, hey, add me on Xbox. And I finally got to it. And as soon as uh, we got hooked up on the party chat, we talked last night for about an hour or so. And that's really cool. And there's a lot of other people in the chat who we need to get on a party chat and on Xbox and play some games. He's like, Hargit's like, hey, we playing some games? I'm like, uh, well, we'd be playing... Uh, Halo co-op, if that was ready. Zing! So, yeah, yeah. So, but too yeah, soon, shout out to him. Too soon, okay. Too, too soon, but uh, actually, a long not wait. soon enough. Actually, <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Mr. John Dark, for the five dollars. He says, "Hello, gentlemen. Excited to be hanging out here with the incredible panel community." Shout out to the goat, Miles. And uh, as try as he might, we didn't get Miles into the game of the year up on stage or anything. But we we tried. Uh, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he got to go out and check out that whole thing in LA. So yeah, I'd love to. I gotta hit him up in the DMs and find out what adventures he went on. But we've got uh, we've got a whole bunch of topics to talk about today. I've kind of started to kind of give you guys an idea what we're talking about, so you don't have to just look at the the title and try and guess. But we're gonna talk about um, this comeback for Xbox this year. We're gonna talk about the Game Awards and break down some of the new reveals and a couple of uh, sneak-in surprise reveals that have kind of popped up on social media and uh, just kind of cover how us, how we've looked at this year, which has kind of been a surprise for some of the games that we've fallen in love with. So we'll get out in a minute. I got a couple of chats rolling in. Blaze 4K, he's a. I was just had Solid Rev on a couple weeks ago, and those two are uh, partners in crime. They're hilarious. He says, Halo is game of the year. Rand God of War. I'll never forgive you. So I hope, what's the I story hope you're behind feeling, that, Rand? I hope, I hope you're feeling better, Blaze. Because um, I think they said an ILP you weren't doing well. But I knew you'd be doing better because soon enough, you'll be able to play God of War on PC the way it was meant to be played. Um, oh, I love that. Well, I no, because, because uh, the story behind it was I had heard uh what back in late 2019 that sony was trying or at least thinking about putting all their games on pc right they were Mm -hmm. testing out Mm -hmm. the market 
And I had heard from like eight different people that Horizon Zero Dawn was going to kind of be the first one. And I let it slip on ILP, which I shouldn't have, but I did. That's where you first said it? Yeah. And man, the PlayStation guys did not, they did not like that. Because at the time, you know, there was that whole, you know, you don't need an Xbox because you can play other games on PC. And the PlayStation guys were always like, PlayStation knows the value of an exclusive, right? Uh, They would never put their titles on PC. And, you know, they just kind of went back and forth. People called me a liar. People called me a whole bunch of different stuff. And it was only a (laughs) matter of time. I knew it was only a matter of time before it would get announced. And sure enough, it did. Um, And then it was like, oh, it's just going to be Horizon. But then, like, I was hearing, like, no, it's they're thinking about, like, putting everything on PC God of War, Days Gone, like everything, Uncharted. And it was just a matter of time. And then, you know, pandemic happened, which I think kind of slowed down some of their plans for announcements and things like that. And then, yeah, we finally, we're finally here. I got Days Gone out, uh, Uncharted, uh, like Lost Legacy and 4 coming to PC soon. God of War is coming in January. Um, basically every PlayStation game you can imagine will eventually come to PC. I mean, I don't have any idea on timing or anything, but I mean, Sony just kind of, I I think Sony realizes that the PC isn't as, um, like you can have the PC audience and and the console audience and they're really not going to overlap much. Plus they see how well Xbox is doing dominating steam when they release their games and oh yeah yeah yeah, plus these games are also way more expensive to make every single year and you know phil's talked about it and even like jim ryan's talked about it jim ryan says he's frustrated by the console yeah those were the words he's frustrated his own words is because they there's basically 250 million people every generation that buy these consoles and they're usually split in some manner so like the same amount of people are buying the same games except now the games are costing more and more and more and more to make. Mm-hmm. So if the people, if the same amount of people are buying it in the same numbers, 20 million, 22 million or what have you, you either got to raise the price of the games, which they did to 70 yep. Yep. or you got to find another revenue stream, which is the PC. And, you know, and they Horizon, don't make a lot of like service-based games where you can buy well, at least extra DLC. Yeah, they not haven't. Yet. But they but they are. They're going to be making more multiplayer games this generation. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask uh and I already I think I already know the answer, but it seems like a lot of people that we talk to, like you know the community that we look at, we kind of pretend like it's the whole world, but like Miles, when PlayStation says we're going to put our games on PC, aren't you just going to play them on your PS5? Is that I'm, your plan? Yeah, I think that what a lot of people don't realize is when we have these conversations about console versus PC, I, I always joke about being a console heathen. I, I have a decent gaming PC. Uh, I have a PS5. I have the Series X. I have the Switch. I, I just let, I prefer the console experience. But there is a mm-hmm. huge number of people who have a PC and are just not going to buy a PS5. That there's yeah. just no world where they care to buy a PS5. So no matter how many bangers PlayStation puts out, there's a group of people who don't care enough to spend $500 to be able to play on a machine that is quote unquote less capable than they're, they're used to with their PC. So as Microsoft has demonstrated, you know, that all that does is create more opportunities for you to sell your games. And as Rand touched on games are expensive. 
games take so many people. I finished Halo the other night. The credits for Halo are 35 minutes. minutes. 35 minutes. That's how many people it takes to make Halo Infinite. 35 minutes worth of names just scrolling down a screen. That's expensive. That is a lot of money to put into a project and have it only sell a couple million. Um, So you really have to start thinking about how to diversify your revenue stream and, you know, obviously raising the, the price of a game is one option. Um, but really, it you can't put all the burden on your customer and say, hey, the games are more expensive. So you're going to just have to pay more every single time we put one of these out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what PlayStation is doing with their subscription services, with their streaming options. And now with this strategy for porting their games to PC. Um, and I'm for it. I'm, you know, it's it's just more options and more opportunities for people to play a game and. I've talked about this before, but there's going to be a, a day and, and a world where, you know, there probably won't even necessarily be a dedicated PlayStation box or a dedicated <gasps> Xbox box. Don't say that, Miles. Ironically. The console's going to be gone. No. And it's it'll break my heart. Like, I'm a, like I said, I'm a dirty console heathen, but it's just like not when, the Miles. way. Like, it, I mean, I don't know timeline. I would say we still have at least a decade of us fighting yeah, over yeah. plastic I would boxes, say I would say but, we got this generation and one more generation minimum I, I always say like 2035 um i don't i don't think they'll go away but i think if playstation and xbox make a console there'll be so many people just loading up the games on their tv yeah th- that they just won't it'll and I, people always get scared like no my consoles and um i'm sure they'll have a product for people who can't don't have the internet because the internet's not the same all over the world north america is also uh, is not that great for internet like i think other countries have it way better than we do over here in North America. But uh, if you just think about your music and your movies, when you don't miss your DVDs anymore, you don't really worry about it. But I remember the days of having a dedicated stereo, and that makes me sound old. I'm not even that old, but when I talk about having a dedicated stereo system with the speakers attached and having the high-fidelity discs and being concerned (laughs) about that bit rate, and I'm like, no, I can just play this on my phone. Sure, it's going to be compressed a little bit. It sounds good enough. And the convenience outweighs everything else about that. So I think that's the world we're building towards with gaming. Like you mentioned, yeah. internet is a huge barrier for a ton of people. Um, but but once seeing, we- a big, seeing a big game go to PC, like the reason why I brought up, like, will you guys play? Because I think Rand would say the same thing too. You'd, you'd choose to play a PlayStation game on your PS5. We're not mm-hmm. looking at the PS4 and Xbox One era where you had to choose, like, you're stuck at 30 FPS and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, because I already know how amazing the games look on the new consoles with that frame rate. And this morning I watched Solid Rev's review for Halo Infinite. It's a great, like, off the cuff review. And over halfway through, he goes, "Oh yeah, this is me playing on the PC," and I was like, "I couldn't real, I couldn't tell the difference on YouTube that he was playing on a very highly capable PC. I think he's got, if I can remember, I thought he's got a thirty seventy build. Anyway, he's got something that's quite a bit more capable uh, all around than a console. But yeah, I mean, it's just." It's okay. It'll be okay. Yeah, it's we're gonna we're gonna get through this together. Play where you want to play, and don't don't listen to the noise. If you're happy playing somewhere, you're happy with the performance, you're happy with the visual fidelity of where you're playing, then then embrace it. Have fun with it, and um, yeah. Let, and just remember, let my people... aunt still has a VCR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Poochie, a channel member for seven months. Says Snap Colt's been getting money from me for seven months already. 
Yeah, I feel like we're in Groundhog Day. Like the time just goes by so fast. He says, by the way, that Matrix thing, Coalition Small Project. I think um, no. you two might know more about the Matrix demo in Unreal Engine um, than I do. I know Coalition helped. Rand, you, uh, w- give us your knowledge on this thing. This is blowing people's faces off. I mean, as far as I'm aware, the cult, the Matrix Awakens thing was not uh, Coalition's other smaller project. Um, so there's still Coalition's supposedly got two projects. Well, I know they got two projects. Jez has information essentially about them. So it's like they're doing Gear Six, and then mm-hmm. they're also working on another game that's actually supposed to release before Gear Six in 2023. Um, a, a smaller new IP, I guess. Um, and then Gear Six will release, you know, 2024, 2025, or whatever. But yeah, the Matrix thing was not their other project, it's just something they were helping out on. Mm-hmm. What in the heck are they working on for the next two years? Randall? I don't know. I don't know if it's in the Gears universe. I, I think it was like uh, what Jeff Grubb said that it was like a project they were doing to get used to Unreal Engine 5. And that they just okay. turned it into uh, like a game, which is super interesting because I think most people, us included here, Miles and Cold, have has said like, man, Coalition is the workhorse of the Xbox game studios. Like they carried next like, Obsidian <laughs> Coalition and Playground Games carried the Xbox One generation on their back, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah both of them right. had to release games. Playground Games had to release one every other year. Uh, you know, the gears they had released four and five, uh, three years apart. We would be right now, we should be getting a gear six next year. They should have revealed it at E3, but Xbox has changed now. The studios have time, and you don't have to force uh, the coalition to basically pump out games because you have all these other studios also making games. So um yeah i i love the fact that gears is going to get extra time and i yes. i, I, I hopefully really, a grapple yeah i really want to <laughs> see what because i'm kind of curious it's like okay is it going to be in the gears universe is it going to play like gears like what the coalition what could the coalition make when they're not really um they're not really like strapped stuck. for time well they're not yeah. necessarily that but like gears has to play a certain way right it has to mm-hmm. look a certain way it has to feel a certain way and I kind of wonder what the coalition could make when they don't have to uh, abide by those things where it's like, we don't necessarily have to be third person. Maybe it's first person. It doesn't have to feel like this. It doesn't have to have aiming like this. Hell, it doesn't even have to be a shooter, like whatever they could make, whatever they could dream of. Like I've always said like, man, I really want to see the coalition like stretch out their wings and make something that isn't necessarily uh, gears related. And uh, coalitions combat is so much more slick and fast and, and more enjoyable to me than the older, the, the Epic, is it Epic games? That's kind of weird to say that. Yeah. But what it was, it was called, but you get what I'm saying because the characters and gears move a certain way, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. They still camera follows them a certain way. Like it, it feels like gears. And I'm, I'm kind of interested in seeing like, okay, if we're making something new, like, like what let if we them got kind away? of God of War 2018 it a little bit? 
Yeah, like, I don't know, Miles. What do, you, what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, but, so I think Rand is kind of talking about the possibilities of these established teams, like Coalition. Sure, they've helped on Halo Infinite. Sure, they've helped on, I think, Crackdown 3, a bunch of other Xbox projects, but they haven't really had a chance since they joined Xbox Game Studios to spread their wings and just kind of be be creative. And um, yeah, I've, you know, Jeff Grubbs talked about the, the possibilities of this smaller IP as they're learning Unreal Engine 5. We've seen them do that tech demo for Unreal. We've seen them be involved with this Matrix project as well. So Coalition is getting down and dirty and understanding what they're they hungry on Unreal 5. And I think the reason they want to do this experiment outside of the Gears universe in between five and six is to make it so when, you know, Gear 6 comes out, they have a full understanding of of unreal engine 5 but to rand's mm. point i'm also incredibly excited because like rand said you have a team who has to make something feel like a gears game you can't turn gears of war into a third person hack and slash game or a first person open world uh skyrim-esque game without everyone being enraged um so it will be nice to see <laughs> some of these teams like the coalition i'd love to see 343 industries you know spread out and try a new ip as well a lot of these teams that have been under xbox's umbrella but have been pigeonholed into you have to make this we have to keep these these uh, this franchise going so you have to make this game uh that's one of the main yeah. reasons i'm so stoked for playground with fable um we know them for cars they're they're really good at car games. They've they've na- they've perfected the car PG. Now I want to see how they handle an RPG. Um, so yeah, I I want to see what this project is, and I'm curious to see what the scale of this interim coalition project is going to be. Uh, what do you think? This uh, there was these ru- there were these rumors about six months ago about coalition possibly trying to nab a star wars related ip for their next venture oh ram was that some mixed messaging that kind of turned into these other 17 star wars games that got revealed this year i mean who knows i mean publishers are always talking about certain projects uh obviously star like lucasfilm is much more open with the star wars ip since the ea Mm -hmm. deal kind of uh ends i think the ea deal ends 2023 i want to say or 2022 i'm not sure when the the 10-year deal's up but yeah i mean like we we know microsoft has good relations with lucasfilm they just did um miles favorite game sea of thieves just had the uh pirates of the caribbean expansion uh you know the um, indiana jones and machine games uh they're doing that stuff so i mean i wouldn't be surprised if microsoft maybe you know was like, hey, what about a Star Wars game? You know, there's still the um, uh, Elder. Uh, who who makes Elder Scrolls Online? That's um, Zenimax. Zenimax Online. Like, yeah. we they're making a new game, and we don't know what it is. Some people were saying, well, maybe it's Star Wars related. I don't know. Um, it definitely does seem like Lucasfilm is definitely giving out the the license to more people, and a Star Wars game in Game Pass would definitely reach a lot more a lot of people because it is such a mainstream ip so i mean the idea of like the coalition working on like the mandalorian for example i would be like so cool Um, i know a a third person coalition built mandalorian game was one of those things i think when that rumor came up it may have been six or eight months ago but i did a video and i showed a short clip of mandalorian as i talked about what could be and people start salivating, like, and I'm, I, I know I'm salivating with you. We want something like that. And 
you make such a good point, Rand, when EA was, was letting go of the license, like it opens it up. Any of the Xbox studios could take on some type of, or any studio around the world can make an amazing Star Wars game. You just can't leave it to one. But I feel like uh, EA is kind of, tripped over certain things well Rogue, there uh, were squadrons wasn't that great and... i think john Riccatello was the C- ceo of ea when he made that deal but then he left and andrew wilson became ceo and it's widely <laughs> reported that he did not like that star wars deal yeah and... i mean jedi fallen order is amazing i have to say in the chat before anybody goes crazy no jedi I mean, fallen order is amazing yeah. but it yeah. almost seemed like ea didn't really uh they didn't really use that their licensing to the best of their ability. There was a lot of canceled Star Wars games. Mm-hmm. And now you have Ubisoft making one. Hell, Quantic Dream is making a Star <laughs> Wars game. Like, you, Did you guys have that on your bingo card? Quantic what, a, Dream? what a world to live in. I had I know, heard right? some... I, I don't remember if it was Jeff Grubb or some, somebody was talking about that a while ago. I had heard rumblings of Quantic Dream making a Star Wars game and in that style they're known for. And it you know, I guess it's kind of cool to see see CG for it and know it exists. Um, mm-hmm. Because at this point, I think there's just a group of people who will, will play anything that is Star Wars. No matter who makes it, uh, if it's got Star Wars on there, there's a, a line around the door of people that are going to play it. So you can yep. throw any studio you want that makes games right now and attach it to Star Wars. And someone out there has a Reddit thread about what that's going to look like. Uh, which I get it. Star Wars one of those IPs where the big console publishers come sniffing. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. Like, There's some brand power with Star Wars, you know, baby. Star, mm-hmm. You know, PlayStation's got Knights of Republic Lockdown uh, as a timed exclusive. And I don't know if we'll be talking about this later, but Star Wars uh, Eclipse didn't have any platforms announced for it. That bidding war. Uh, begins, the Quantic baby. Dreams one. The Quantic yeah. Dream well, game didn't have Quantic any platforms. Dream, Quantic Dream... Yeah, I mean, we can assume it's going to be multiplayer because they wanted to get out and they wanted to get to PC and not just on PlayStation. But man, I want to. I'm going to shoehorn this into the subject of the talking points right now, guys. I'm going to start with Miles. Like, this is the thing. Like, Xbox is like, hey, time exclusive, three months, you know, and then we're done. And then PlayStation is like, two years, and uh, you're lucky if the two years ends if that game comes out. What? Can you give me your opinion on what PlayStation's? uh, what their strategy is here, these long exclusives, like when you forget about it, then we'll put it on Xbox. Yeah, yeah. It's the the industry right now is incredibly interesting because you have everyone kind of firing on all cylinders and in different ways. So PlayStation understands what Xbox is doing. They've seen Xbox acquire these studios. They've seen that Xbox is now starting to deliver on these these promises, deliver these games, and they don't have the, the sheer number of studios needed to compete one-to-one when it comes to game for game. And they know that. And that's why they are leveraging these, these partnerships, leveraging these business relationships that they've had for a long time and saying, you know what, we are going to be aggressive. We, we need this to be two years. This can't be, you know, n- at a certain point, I don't think anyone excited about a Star Wars game is going to wait two years to play it. Or at least one's that's a long time. Yeah, one's a long time. That's their <laughs> rationale. Final Fantasy, they are hanging on to Final Fantasy for dear life because there are people who will buy a PlayStation for Final Fantasy and, and they get that. And so their strategy right now is in the interim while they're acquiring these teams, while they're diversifying their portfolio and trying to expand their offerings, they got to lock down these third-party deals as a way to kind of fill those gaps. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, people have their preference. People, you know, decide what strategy they like better. But the reality is um, these people are competing in a real way. And PlayStation is doing what they need to do or what they think they need to do to compete here. And in the short term, that's going to be locking down every big exclusive they possibly can from third party. Um, so I'm sure, um, you know, Knights of the Old Republic is not going to be the only one we see in, in the near future. Uh, and I'm curious to see how hard they go and, um, you know, what franchises they they take from Xbox fans. Jeez. Yeah, it's just, uh, it when I think about Deathloop, uh, Rand played it on PS5 and he's like, Colt, maybe you want to wait to play it. Uh, when it goes on sale or get it on Game Pass next year. And I'm thinking, that seems like so long, just one year. But Rand, where in the heck is Final Fantasy VII? Are we supposed to, is it just going to magically pop up in (laughs) April? I mean, who knows? Uh, Like Miles says, Sony, like this is business at the end of the day. Uh, They're trying to uh, make their consoles uh, as appealing as possible to people. And Microsoft's focus is on Game Pass, which you can clearly tell. But the deals for Game Pass don't need to be that long. It's like you put the medium in there and the medium does work. People subscribe or they don't subscribe or they stay subscribed. But then like it kind of five months later, it's like, okay, we got everything out of the medium that we could. So it can go to other platforms. And maybe that's a better way for Microsoft to get more timed exclusives because they don't need to be locked away for so long. Whereas PlayStation is, they're they, to me they're trying to lock down big IPs like they locked down Star Wars: Knights of Republic. Star Wars is a huge franchise. Um, they basically have a stranglehold on Marvel games for the most part. So if you're a Marvel fan, mm-hmm. yeah, Spider Man, Wolverine, stuff like that. Like if you're a Marvel stan, you love Marvel games. Well, there's only one console for you. If you're a Final Fantasy fan, there's only one console for you. And I get it from Square Enix perspective because um, PS5 and PlayStation 4 is going to be where the vast majority of those sales take place. So if you're Square and PlayStation comes to you and is like, listen, we want to take, we want, we'll pay you for an exclusive. And Square is like, well, all of our sales are going to come from this platform anyways. And we're going to get Sony's money from it. Like, of course, we're going to take that deal. Mm-hmm. So they do these long two-year things. Um, I feel and... like they get a good deal too. I feel like PlayStation doesn't pay out the nose to get. Oh no, I'm, like sure, I'm sure they Enix do. I'm sure Capcom they. I'm sure it's expensive. I'm sure it's expensive yeah. to lock down Final Fantasy VII remake, not only from Xbox but also from PC. Like it's finally coming oh, yeah. to PC. Uh, you know what? Like yeah, I think next true. week. I mean, I, I would imagine that's quite a bit of money. So that's what it is all about. I mean, you quote unquote, the console war, you know, there's somebody out there who really doesn't care about Microsoft's exclusives or uh, PlayStation exclusives. But, you know, Star Wars is something that really speaks to goes beyond just like gaming. And so does like Marvel games. Mm-hmm. And those might entice people to be like, all right, well, I'll, I'll get a PlayStation because I like Star Wars or I like Final Fantasy. And like Miles said, I think, you'll probably start seeing more and more of that uh, as time goes on. You know, there's a lot of rumors regarding games PlayStation might be funding. You know, there's potentially uh, From Software's next game after uh, Elden Ring might be a PlayStation exclusive, which, that that I mean, that would be pretty big, wouldn't you say, Miles? Like, if yeah, that actually I mean, happened? 
I, hey, I'll true story. I bought a PS4 for Bloodborne. The second I saw mm-hmm. that Bloodborne trailer, that's the day I was like, well, I'm buying a PS4. So mm-hmm. there, there's definitely way to it for some of those franchises. Street Fighter. PlayStation yep. has Street Fighter, man. That is a huge deal for a lot of people. It's not the biggest IP in the world, but there are people who are like, well, I love Street Fighter, so I'm buying a PlayStation for it. Um, and, yeah, and that's where the whole Bethesda thing comes in because people love Elder Scrolls and, and uh, you know, Wolfenstein and all these games from Bethesda where... That's you know, so for, weird that, that people get so mad at Xbox for buying Bethesda, but PlayStation has this long history of buying IPs and holding them to the platform that they don't own. And it's been it's been pretty powerful. There's been a lot of games that uh, I kind of uh, raised my eyebrow because most of the games come to PlayStation, Switch sometimes, and they almost always come to PlayStation and PC. It's been very few other than the games that PlayStation owns that are only on PlayStation. I've seen so many games that are like, you look at it, it's like available on PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and PC. Um, but some of those deals are changing, but to look at all of those big IPs, those franchises that PlayStation just said, look, we're going to pay the money. And if you want them, the place to play is on PlayStation. They did the same thing with star Wars with battlefront one. They marketed it like it was literally only on PlayStation without almost, they almost said that in a way. I don't know if you remember back in 2015, I think it was the marketing for star Wars battlefront one was pretty much the place to play yep. Battlefront. They even had a custom PlayStation 4 console for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And don't forget yep. like yep. how PlayStation marketed uh Destiny. Yeah, Xbox Destiny. didn't yes, even talk well. about Destiny. Like they were they were remember they made that like the Destiny perfume or Destiny cologne or whatever <laughs> because they weren't allowed to mention Destiny in their in the marketing and then they had to take that down. So this stuff Jeez. can get pretty uh pretty vicious. I had people come up to me like people disconnected from Twitter and all that stuff Mm -hmm. that thought Destiny 1 was a PlayStation exclusive. That is the power and weight of of marketing when it comes to being outside of the the bubble that we kind of find ourselves in is there were people who thought that Destiny was only for PlayStation just because of how it was marketed with that PlayStation logo. The big cardboard like stands in the stores and stuff that with all the blue. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it. I saw it a lot with that Battlefront game because my friend who wasn't like really into that is like, do I have to get a PlayStation to play that? I'm like, what? What? No. (laughs) So it's it's a. it is super powerful, and we're gonna we're gonna get back into this discussion in a minute when we talk about the reveals of the game awards because, like Rand kind of alluded to, there's some things we're like, hmm, you know, are there deals yet to be struck? And we'll get to those. But I got a couple supers I want to read here. Uh, let's see, we got Kingfish seven thirty seven. Thank you so much. He says, "Colt, always a joy to see your podcast. Happy to see Miles. Happy belated birthday, Miles, which was on the eighth, ninth, ninth." Night, Same day night, as the Game yeah. Awards. Thanks, Jeff. Okay. Thanks, buddy. And he says, always happy to see Rand. And when he says that, he means his avatar. But yeah. we'll get we'll get that changed eventually. No. Uh, <laughs> I will oh, get we'll that We'll break changed. him down. Slowly, for months and months, we'll whittle his his uh, resilience away. And I do know behind the scenes that Jez has been putting uh, Rand in a headlock and giving him the noogies and say, you know, let's get your camera rolling. Because Jez wants to show his his handsome mug to the world and and you know blow kisses to those fans so it'll happen eventually achievement thank you for the two dollars to shout out to every single one of you beauties 
Oh, that's nice. Will King with the $10 says, keep up the good work, guys. Xbox is killing it this gen. What was your favorite reveal showing from the Game Awards? We will get to that in a minute. Yo, Donnie Quisada, I need this guy to hit me up on Xbox Party Chat. We need to talk. He says, play where you want, but please try and play by the rules. Those cheaters on Halo are, they're making people sweaty. He says, $70 PS bangers are coming to PC sooner and got PCMR putting on eye patches and peg legs. <laughs> I think he's referring to... Uh, Sea of Thieves, right? Yeah. Sea of Thieves. Thieves. Yeah. Yeah, we'll say Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves coming to PlayStation, right? (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's so funny because Square Enix, we were just talking about them a minute ago. They've decided to change their games to a $70 price point. You've got Rockstar and uh, Take-Two and Activision and PlayStation. Who else is doing the $70 game, Rand? Is that about Uh, it? I mean... Call of Duty. I mean, Activision's yeah, doing seventy Activision. dollars games. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. I don't think Ubisoft's decided yet. Although I think the whole industry will shift to seventy eventually. Two um, K is doing seventy dollars games. Yeah. Uh, who else is doing seventy dollars games? Ubisoft is not, and they're not huge, yet. Yeah, but... and they've kind of like part of the marketing of Far Cry Six was almost taking a dig at that. EA's doing seventy dollars games. I believe. Oh my god! For next gen, yeah, because they're like, yeah, Battlefield right. 2042 is 60 on Xbox One and PS4, but 70 on next gen consoles. So, yuck! It's here to stay, boys. Mm. We lost. We lost the fight. Risk it for the biscuit. A channel member for four months says, "Did you guys see the Xbox documentary yet? So nostalgic. I've had Xbox since day one. All the ups and downs, and it's here. It's a great time to play. Let's talk about it just for just a minute. Rand, have you checked out this Xbox?" power on i watched um i watched the one about the 360 and then the one about the xbox one so it was it was very nice to see donnie matrick back i can't believe that got back to talk about this stuff i don't even know what don uh, don, don matrick went to zynga after he left xbox studios yeah, after he got or, fired yeah yeah i mean did he get fired they kind of made it sound like he found i mean nobody really gets fired they, 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 they get yeah. to leave but come on yeah. let's be honest yeah. pursuing like, other opportunities yeah zynga, yeah which was zynga and then, <laughs> then what happened to zynga Farm that Bill place too. went went down the tubes too but you know what are you gonna do right yeah i only watched the first half when they talked about microsoft and windows and how they stepped in the scene and decided to make a game console and uh but i haven't really checked it out miles did you watch very much of this yet no i haven't i talked was talking to the wife earlier today because you know I, I watch a lot of tv with her like i don't watch a lot of tv on my own so i'm like hey i, I want to watch this are you would you watch an xbox documentary with me and she's she's not a huge gamer but she loves yeah. a good documentary so she, she's in so we're gonna we're gonna check that out later tonight <laughs> nice yeah that's a that's a long thing to watch by yourself um yeah, we'll have to. Ch- I'll have to check it out. Um, my my history with Xbox starts in like '07, so some of that stuff is going to be like, oh, that's what it was like. While well, people were like totally uh, re- ready for this new console, I was like on the outside. You guys were there day one, weren't you? Day one, baby. Miles, you were like fourteen. Yeah, I was. I was a wee 12. lad. Yeah, uh, two thousand one. So yeah, I was just about to be a teenager when the. Uh og xbox was hitting the shelves can i get an xbox i was over there you know have my little skateboard i saw the the edgy marketing same hair oh man like i'm i'm getting older now i need a more mature console (laughs) did you see the commercial miles i mean i saw it like 
12 years ago on the internet but the one of uh, the guy shooting out of the out of the baby and growing oh, into a yeah. naked dude flying uh-huh. dude the, oh the late 90s early 2000s just the wild west for advertising it was so good so good what about you ran how did you get started on the xbox uh halo 2 halo 2 halo like, 05 04 04 right right 04. around uh launch of uh halo 2 uh, I got an Xbox a little bit before then. Um, I played like, you know, Halo, Knights of Republic and stuff. But yeah, it was basically, I fell for the hype of Halo 2. And so yeah. that was when I got my Xbox, when I made my gamer tag and, you know, been there ever since, essentially. Ermy er- in the chat just said, Colt was rocking the Jinkos back in the day. Yes, but not the ones that you think. In 95, I had a pair of Jinkos. Before they were huge, like stovepipe, huge pants. Uh, they were just, kind of regular baggy pants and they were like 50 bucks and i came home from school one day and my younger brother who was like uh like 12 was wearing them and i was so mad get get those off <laughs> go in your room and change they 50 bucks for those those are the days but uh, oh jinko jeans and yo-yos boy what's good what you know about that life huh yo-yo man yeah. ever come to your school huh <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing about that was um like three three years later the jinko jeans were so baggy that people would staple the bottom to their tommy hilfiger uh tennis shoes crazy times crazy times and we've lived through it all but looking back at xbox in the early 2000s it brings back so many memories like even that time was crazy but uh let me get a couple supers here we got uh space dovekin with a two dollar says amazing panel i mean we got randall thor 19 and miles dumpier of windows central Xbox Two, Windows Central, little tiny podcast X and C. We're trying to keep it fun. Hargy Johnny with a five dollars says would be awesome if instead of time exclusives, they moved to putting games day and date into Game Pass and Spartacus. Can see Xbox doing it. He says not sure about PlayStation. So, also welcome Rodney Coates, new channel members. Got the Ori. Uh, icon that I drew up. So welcome to the channel. If you're a channel member, you get to see my video. I mean, if you want to, you get to see my videos like 10 or 12 hours before they go up. Cause I finish them in the evening and then I go to bed and they, they go out the next day. So you get to kind of, you know, be in the comment section first, but uh, <laughs> yes, thank you so much for, for supporting the show. Thank you to over 800 people who are watching live. We're here. This is X and C podcast on the Cole Eastwood channel. I am here with Longtime Xbox veteran Randolph Thor 19 of the Xbox Two podcast. This guy's got over a million gamer score. You know who he is. He makes fire videos. He's got a YouTube channel with about 85,000 plus subscribers. And I've got Miles Dompier, the new kid on the block from Windows Central, the new kid who's been here a couple of years and has been making all the waves. Real quick, I got to ask Miles, tell people real, you got to kind of have a a hero interview on your show xbox chatterdays that runs in the morning yeah tell, tell so uh xbox chatterdays my, my little xbox podcast if you're unaware uh, hosted over on the windows central gaming youtube channel uh we had our 50th episode so i gotta celebrate the big 5-0 um and for that i gotta sit down with the executive producer joe neat of sea of thieves so i gotta awesome. have joe neat in the hot seat for i think we went like two hours and 20 minutes so it was it was a lengthy episode but Oh, it was so cool. I got to talk to Joe Neat about monetization in gaming. I got to talk to him about the culture of Xbox Game Studios. Um, and then obviously, a ton. if you're a Sea of Thieves fan, a ton of ton of awesome information about Sea of Thieves. But 
Yeah, Sea of Thieves, when we had the Xbox Museum, that was three. That was my most played game three out of the five years that were on there. So I was going to ask, how many hours do you have in Sea of Thieves? Close to 900. I think it's like oh my gosh, 70-ish, something like that. So I was going to guess like 200 plus. What's that like to sit down with like one of your favorite game developers and talk shop? Oh, dude, it was awesome. it was such a blast. Like, obviously, you want to be a, a geek and kind of fanboy out, but it was Did really cool just to be able to sit down and and talk to him about you know Halo Infinite, about the Game Awards, yeah. obviously Sea of Thieves, and and get these genuine conversations going. And that's that's kind of the, the format that I like about my show is that you know how often do you get to sit down and ask someone like when you're doing monetization in a game. Why are you? Why do some companies charge a ton of money for one item, and then like to have Joe Neat explain yeah. like you know? And with our practice, we want to make sure that more people are spending less instead of kind of exploiting our core audience. And to hear this this person talk about you know the business side of gaming, obviously you got to make money, but also to hear him say that they're not trying to exploit the people playing their game and exploiting their most dedicated fans for me that that's huge because obviously i want to live in the gamer utopia where money doesn't matter you know everybody gets content for free everybody gets all these <laughs> sure. games for free um developers don't have to worry about you know getting fired or their studio shutting down they can make whatever they want um so it's nice to be able to you know hear those those sentiments and to know that people are trying trying their damnedest to do what's best for the players and yeah warms, warms my little heart you know it does seem like we're getting there like we're getting in that situation where xbox game studio teams don't have to worry about going away and xbox looks back at the closing of lionhead studio recently and said you know they wish they wouldn't have done that but mm-hmm. you know they have a whole different set of uh leadership and uh i think it's going to be a lot better and uh I got to say, this is such a good time. We've got over 800 people watching. If you're having a good time, do me a favor. And for for random miles, uh, if you minimize the chat and hit the like button and show your support, let's see if we can get up to 500 people that like the show and had a good time and learn something. Because we got to get into these topics because uh, we you know, might have to skip some of the warm up ones Cole, too. I got to say, the whole thing about um, Lionhead Studios mm-hmm. was they were working on Fable Legends which was a 4v1 game. Do you remember when 4v1 was the next big innovation in multiplayer? Evolve? I've never heard of it. Like, like, yeah. Like asymmetrical? And asymmetrical, yeah. Asymmetrical okay. 4v1 was supposed to be the next big thing in multiplayer gaming. And then Evolve crashed and burned, and then suddenly nobody wanted to do 4v1, and Fable Legends never came out, and they <laughs> like, okay. I didn't realize it was asymmetrical. I thought it was four-player, like... Um... I, th- I don't know. I guess I thought it was sort of like a MOBA, but I never like, got to play it. One yeah, person evolved. was the There's dungeon master, basically. Yeah. It was like kind of D&D. One person was the villain dungeon master, and then the four players were the, the heroes. Um, it's weird that the weirdest thing about that is they were doing tests. Like there was like a beta that you could sign mm-hmm. up for, and people were playing it. Like this spend game real was money. Like, you could spend real money in the beta. This, this game was almost done. Like It looked, it looked phenomenal. Did you guys play it? Way. I played. I didn't get to I, play it. No, I actually got to play it with Phil. Ooh, played it with geez. Phil. We were t- we were playing Fable Legends together, and then I think the next year they shut it down and they closed the studio. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. back in the a couple of years ago, I or maybe a year ago, I it was before the Fable reveal. I tried to get Fable Legends footage to show on the channel, and everything on YouTube is really just does not look nice or it's low quality 
captures, but I wish I could see the game in person because there's a tech demo. If you download it, you can fly through the world, and I've used those in videos. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It just flies over the environments. The game looks incredible, and this is Lionhead Studios that was relegated to make Connect games and a multiplayer game that just didn't land. That's that's too bad, but um, I don't know. Uh, you got me talking well, about that's because, because that's because, as I said in the thing, they tried, instead of nurturing them to help them make the games that they're good at, they basically forced them to change who they were. So it's yeah. like they made them make a Fable Connect game, Fable the Journey. Was this a Matrix thing? This seems like something that Don Matrix... Don Matrix was... You know, he's not evil, but I feel like he was trying to push... He was trying to expand Xbox into this interactive media, get your music, movies, and videos all connected through. Well, yeah, have, it, have every family buy eight Xbox 360s and connect them throughout the house. That was part of the Windows that 7 was, That initiative. was part of his plan. Was They made the quote in the documentary about, like, okay, we're not, we, we don't want to sell, sell 30 million consoles. We want to sell 300 million because they want to broaden the, the demographics. Jeez. But, like, with Fable, it was like they made RPGs. And then you make them make a connect game and then you make them make a 4v1 multiplayer game, which is not what, you know, the studio's built for. So it's kind of like, well, we try to force them into making a game that we wanted them to make instead of nurturing them to continue to make the type of games that they excel at. Right. Which is yeah, what, yeah. you know, like when you get Obsidian, you don't want Obsidian to suddenly start making multiplayer games. You want Obsidian to continue to make the games they're good at making. Um, and that's kind of the lesson they said they they learned. Um, I wish Lionhead was still around. Um, I really like Fable One and Two, but you know some of those lessons you need to learn as a business, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, people look at Three. I'm sure there's people that are fans of Three, but I've tried to play it. Yeah, there's just there's a reason why some games just don't do it. But I don't know. Um, let's see here. We've got. I was going to go over uh, real quickly. Uh, people were quite shocked about the sales figures. The Switch took November, the big holiday season sales Surprise. figures. Surprise! Plot twist: I mean, Switch is they've, they've only been number one thirty-five the last thirty-six months. Are you shocked that they won the holiday? Wow! And it's been out like oh, what three and a half or four years now? When did it released in March 17. of twenty seventeen? Yeah. yeah. So, it, yeah, I can't do the math. Count my fingers. Carry the one. I don't know. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, the switch is still going. I don't. I have. I don't even think it has to do with the OLED. That OLED screen. I think that that thing just sells. It's a great Christmas present. What can I say? But uh, the Xbox Series S and maybe the X topped the PlayStation again. Miles, explain this wizardry. <gasps> well, if we're being real and if I'm being boring, uh, which I'm gonna do. Sorry. Uh, the reality is, it's just the shortage. The, the console that yeah. is selling the most is the one that has the most in stores. And people, I think, were holding out hope for the, the Series X and the PS5 this holiday. And as we got closer, they were like, I want something. I got to get something. And I think that's why we saw the Series S on Black Friday in particular explode. Like, you know yeah. what? I want to play Halo Infinite. I want it to be at 60 FPS. I'm going to get the Series S. I'm a cool. I've heard good things. And obviously, there are still a dedicated group of people who want the, the premium consoles, but they just cannot make enough of the premium consoles. They wish they could sell more. And if mm-hmm. availability wasn't an issue, I think we'd have more of a level playing field with, with the Switch. Uh, obviously, the OLED has been incredibly difficult to get if you're trying to get their new one. Um, but the older models, for the most part, 
um, are still, you know, fairly, I, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy to get a game console at all right now, but they are yeah. the easiest to get. So the reality is that uh, we are in a chip shortage and hopefully in like it, the, the timeline for this just constantly gets pushed. It was supposed to be over in June and now they're supposed to, it was supposed to be over towards the holiday season. And now they're like, yeah, it's going to go for like another year. So um, hopefully all oh the people gosh. who want a Series X and PS5 can get one sometime soon ish yeah sometime soon like so it says here i'm reading this thing the ps5 and xbox combined barely equals what the switch sold mm-hmm. right yeah um and the switch sold actually Say that again la- so if you take the numbers of playstation 5 and combine them with how much the xbox sold it equals basically what the switch sold so switch sold a million mm-hmm. so ps5 the other is- console sold 500 uh, or, if you, uh, if, a million, if, yeah, a million combined. Yeah. But the switch sold less than last year, yeah. right? And this is an interesting stat: the PS4, the Xbox One, and the Wii U sold more in November of 2014 than Switch, PS5, and Xbox Series this year. Mm-hmm. So that's how you cover... know how bad the shortages are because those consoles back in 2014 sold more in that first holiday season than what you would ex- like. Everybody thought like, oh man, like this is going to be a great holiday, you know, when you're planning these things out and then nope, the, the shortage. So no, nope, I don't think the numbers are out for what Xbox or PS5 sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. I mean, I, there's, I there's VG charts stuff, but VG I mean, charts is on. always wrong. Never pay attention it's to anything just, they say. VG charts is just a guesstimation and they're, they're transparent about them. VG, being... VG charts had like Xbox selling 900,000 units the week of Black Friday or something yeah. like that. And it's like, MPD is basically saying like, yeah, like uh, Xbox and PlayStation is basically like five, what, 600,000 plus 400,000 or 550 plus four, like who knows what the numbers are. But the point Mm. is it's, it's yeah. And like, I think the industry total overall was down by quite a bit from last year because there's no consoles to buy. So, and it sucks because people, I think people get depressed. Like when you make videos about Xbox and like the games and the hardware (laughs) Mm-hmm. And there's people that follow us, and but they don't want to hear us talk about it because they can't get their hands on the consoles because of bots or scalpers or whatever, mm-hmm. just not yeah. right place, right time. So they get kind of yeah. turned off. And... Yeah, I read my I read my comment section a lot, and I did uh, two or three weeks ago. I did an Xbox Series X one year later. Is the you know is the console worth it? And I got so many comments like that. Ran you and I've talked about this uh, quite a bit about how. People who may have liked watching a Randall Thor video about the Xbox news have kind of been turned off. It's been a year that Rand and Colt and Miles and Dealer and these guys that that you know that I've I watch these guys' channels. Like I've been watching their videos, and someone would might say I'm not really interested in watching the next great news item coming to a console that I cannot get a hold of because of bots. And I've got two questions for you, Rand. Um, Number one, the Nintendo Switch has been selling like hotcakes and killed it in the holiday season. But with what game? Like, is there other is there a game that drives the sales of the Switch, or is the Switch just a great buy? I mean, kind of like with the PS4 for most of last gen, it was just the de facto console, right? It's it's like yeah. It's like that's the console I'm playing these Maddens and the FIFAs and the 2Ks on, and it kind of just is that 
default mainstream console that just people buy. You know, during the 360 gen, it was the 360 uh, over the PS3 for that reason. And then the Wii was sort of the anomaly, right? The Wii had kind of tapped into that whole family thing, but then the Wii died off. The Switch is just kind of that, it just, I don't know, it, it just kind of, there's a lot of Nintendo fans and it's a hot they do have a lot of games. It doesn't, I don't think the Switch needs games to really push itself. It's because the brand is so strong that people want it because it's a, like you said, it's a good gift that you can give to kids. You know, kids are you know, five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. You can give them a switch, give them animal crossing. You know, people grow up all, you know, kids <laughs> yes. are growing up all the time. You can give them a switch and give them um, some younger games that are on that platform. And it's just going to keep on rolling, man. It's just going to keep, mm-hmm. like, I think, um pokemon diamond and pearl came out miles you're about the pokemon wasn't there a pokemon <laughs> game that came out was it was you're, it for the switch god uh, right there yeah so like clockwork there's gonna be a pokemon game every year you can you can bet on that so yeah there was metroid dread which was obviously in in the game of the year conversations uh late october and then holiday wise you had pokemon Oh, Diamond and Pearl. When did and, Metroid? Dread, I forgot. When did Metroid Dread come out? I'm sorry. Uh, late I apologize, month. everyone. Last 28th month. or something. Um, no, no. Uh, Metroid Dread came, came out the same day as the OLED. So like October eighth. October. Yeah, it was like October eighth. No, October eighth. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I'm still saying. A, a October twenty nice eighth. The switch. I, no, yeah. not the twenty eighth. The eighth. Somebody, somebody fact check Rand here. All right. Uh, uh, am I really know more about Nintendo when, than you do here, Miles? Miles? When has Rand ever been wrong? Oh, do I have to pull out the list or what? I'm always right. <laughs> oh my I mean, gosh. Let me, let me go on Google right here. Let me go to Google. Let me type in Metroid Dead Dread release date. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Metroid. Tell, tell me if it's closer to 28th or the 8th. Metroid Dread video game release date October 8th. <gasps> mm. Shoot. Yeah. Well, Miles. the point is that was one of the games worth playing on Switch this holiday season. <laughs> Yeah, but Metroid yeah. Dread, but Metroid as a franchise has never been that big of a seller for Nintendo, no. and that's it's, why they didn't make one for a long time. Yeah, so I guess the Pokemon games uh, was it Diamond and Pearl they sold a lot, but I think it's just one of those things where like Nintendo, just like no, the 360 when the Connect and stuff, that was just the gift you give. That was just a dominant system. Yeah, yeah. So I people know. just people just give it to each other. Um, I. I don't know why, because Nintendo, and I'm not, whatever, I'm not going to say anything. Nintendo does have those games that just last forever. Like, my kids have been playing Animal Crossing all year. I think we got it last Christmas, I think. Yeah, I mean, they still play it. But uh, the other question I was going to ask you, Rand, uh, I heard this from someone that we hear stuff from sometimes, a good friend of ours. Is it true that the Xbox Series S, they can get two consoles out for every time they try to make one x is that one um, of the reason why supply because when you look at the playstation 5 like the two consoles are different you just don't have a dvd drive in it or a blu-ray drive right so if you look at the the series s it has less silicon and all this uh magical goodness in it is that true i mean supposedly yeah that basically it's like uh they can get two series s's from one chipset that would make like one Series X. And if I think they prioritized the Series S for this holiday and it showed. I wonder what the sales would have been like if they prioritized the Series X. I I mean, 
Miles, is that a good idea to prioritize building the bigger X's and just letting them be subject to the scalping situation in the holiday season? I mean, it, it, it is tough because obviously there are a ton of people who want the X. The X is the the premium offering. That is, there is a dedicated group of people who aren't going to buy a new Xbox console until they can get that one. But on the other hand, if they are making two to one, you can get way more people in the Xbox ecosystem. You can get way more people subbed to Xbox Game Pass, and you can get way more people playing and buying games if you can pump out more Series S consoles. And as I've seen and, you know, from firsthand experience and online, there are a lot of people trying the Series S who maybe that's mm-hmm. Xbox hasn't been their their go-to console. They are they have their PlayStation, but now they're getting a Series S as a companion or they have their Switch and they're getting a Series S. So stuff like that is really cool. And I think that's ultimately going to be Xbox's bigger play here is getting more people into Xbox's ecosystem. Obviously, if you want a Series X, you're probably a Xbox fan. I think it's safe to say that if you're if you're waiting, if you're really waiting on that Series X, that you either just want the best experience possible or you're already invested in the Xbox ecosystem. But the Series S, that's their gateway drug. That's how you get people hooked. The, yeah, the One S was always the highest selling console. And you just have to wonder, like the X versus S, there's always going to be like the hardcore will fill that need eventually. And then the rest of the sales will go to the cheaper model. And right now, what we've been talking about is the X has just been restricted to be able to go where it needs to go and where it needs to be like all these millions of people that only want the X and they can't get it. And I I always say, hey, why don't the retailers just come up with a bot solution? But Target doesn't care. Target sells the console. They get the allotment. They make the sale and they get the profit margin and they move on and sell, sell bar stools and blenders. Like it doesn't, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to ask for, but uh, let's talk about another sale thing that, um, you know, maybe I wasn't too upset about it, but I did kind of make a, uh, I did make a big deal about this. Like uh, last week is that the uncharted remaster set on PS5, <gasps> like gasp. Don't, I'll start with miles. Cause I think he probably dare. has a thing to say about it, but um if you owned all the games, all you had to do was pay ten dollars to get the remaster. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Xbox, they take something like Gears Five and they kind of retool it in Unreal Engine Five. They give you global illumination and they give you uh, a Ooh. higher frame rate Ooh. and everything Ooh. like better resolution and the improved lighting, and it's absolutely free. Miles, was this something to, to you know? Set on a card table in the park and say, "Changed my mind." It, it's with PlayStation and Sony. It, it's weird to look at the, the dynamic we have right now between Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo. Uh, Sony is a legacy company; it's been around for a long time. They know how to run a successful business. in In some areas, they've they've proven, you know, with a lot of the divisions they've shuttered in, in recent decades that maybe they don't know how to adapt to change in, in some capacity. But when I see stuff like this, these, these paid upgrades, it reminds me of old school move, the old school Sony movie mentality is you, you want that premium experience. Uh, you, we, we were going to sell you a standard movie ticket. Here you go. That is $8. But okay. if you, if you want that high res, you want the audio, you want all the bells and whistles. That's IMAX, baby. That's going to be $14. And so that's every time I see this, that's I just can't help but shake that comparison, especially with Sony's mm-hmm. kind of history in, in film. 
And I think a lot of that is kind of echoing into their their gaming model right now. Um, yeah. Obviously, PlayStation has come out and told us that they're basically committed to these $10 upgrades. That is going to be their strategy. Uh, you know, I don't think it's the best strategy in this day and age when your competition is offering solutions that are free. PC and, and Xbox. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so there are solutions where you get those free upgrades. So it is a weird look. But PlayStation is, again, trying to push that value proposition, trying to push that premium proposition. And there are people who are going to going to pay the 10 bucks. Uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you if whether or not that's worth it. Ultimately, that that's up to you to decide if you want to pay that sure. 10 extra bucks. But other companies have proven that it doesn't have to be that way. And PlayStation is still trying to figure out, you know, how to justify that and how to make money on these games in the way that they want to make money on these games. Yeah, they've had to kind of set that out there. Like, here's a $10 upgrade and kind of back away and, and mute the conversation because people are going to are complaining. And some people are saying, it's only 10 bucks. But then I, sometimes I think, if it's only 10 bucks, why charge it? Rand, I want to ask you about it, it's only 10 bucks. And did you key in that the standalone version of Uncharted 4 and the standalone version of Lost Legacy were removed from the PlayStation Store for people to have. Uh, there is a way to get into the upgrade a little easier than buying all the games if you don't own them or buying the full remaster set. So, well, I mean, what it's about not the su- ten bucks in that? It's not surprised they removed it because they, re- I believe, they removed the original Ghost of Tsushima and the original Death mm-hmm. Stranding before Why? the director's cuts because, like. Well, you have a new version of the game coming out. Like to them, it's just like, who would want to buy Go- Ghost of Shima when Ghost of Shima Director's Cut is out, right? But so, they left they left the Uncharted Four and Lost Legacy bundle. You could still buy those two games, but you couldn't buy the standalone one. So, like, if someone says, "Well, I own all the Uncharted," well, how much is, I how much is the upgrade. bundle? How much is the bundle compared to the individual? Uh, Probably comes down to I- money. Yeah, it might have been $30 for the bundle for Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy. But if you have someone who's like, well, I own all the Uncharted games. I never bought Lost Legacy. So I'll just go buy Lost Legacy for $10 or $15, whatever it is. I think it was 15 on the store. And then you go to PSN. It's like, nope, you have to buy the bundle. I'm like, well, nah, I mean, I at the end buy- of the day, at the end of the day, it's business. It's uh, it's what it is. It's just, it's just money. It's just business. They want, they're trying to present it as a premium sort of mm-hmm. Uh, back and pad experience where like Xboxes is free and you get all these things but potentially like you know auto HDR and FPS boost and stuff. Sony yeah. is more presenting these director's cuts or remasters as like a, a premium thing where it's like, well, no, like you have tax. Yeah, so like you have to pay for this because we got dual sense controller feedback. We got all these different things. We got 120 frames. We got 60 frames. So I think it's more presented as that. Like this is this is the premium yeah. experience versus a free one. Um and that's and, and honestly they could they get a they can get away with it because people are going to pay because they think to themselves, after all, it's only ten dollars. And ten dollars is not a lot of money uh to a lot of people. So a lot, most people will be looking at it, be like, eh, I'll, I'll I'll hand off to ten dollars to get uncharted for. And lost but legacy. Only $49.99 for this pack, which is amazing value. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, it's yeah. it's not $70 to get 
Um, well, I would hope they would not charge $70 <laughs> for two PS4 games. But then again, I don't know. I thought PlayStation gamers don't play old games. Isn't that what we always hear? So the only remastered uh, Uncharted, <laughs> Uncharted 4, 4 is a Legacy. five-year-old game at this point, isn't it? Old games? And, boo, Old dude. games? Five-year-old games? What's going on? <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things like, if you speak out about it, people think, why are you freaking out? It's like, uh, I'm not freaking out. You want to see me freak out, try and take Xbox Live to 120 a year. Then you'll hear some freaking out. But this is uh, this is a You know, small... Cole, you didn't, uh, you didn't even talk about one of the biggest surprises from the NPD results that I thought What's you that totally right would hit on. And I thought maybe you had it in your notes, but you didn't. Miles, you know what? what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about here. Are we talking about the J- figures in Japan? Or? No, I'm, I'm talking okay. about MPD. MPD. I'm talking oh, about Forza okay, Horizon okay. Five. Oh no. Oh, about the uh, game sales. About yeah, how yeah, um, Forza oh, Horizon man. Five set a new Man's Forza franchise launch month sales record, including both Forza Horizon and and, and Forza Motorstart titles, while ranking as the fourth best-selling game of November. So basically, the game's given away for free. This is that whole thing of uh game pass. Well, nobody's gonna buy the games is on game pass and yet forza horizon 5 is on game pass and it set a, a launch month franchise record sold more than wow. any forza game horizon or motorsport so you know when phil's out there saying that sometimes they see examples of games that sell more when they're in game pass well mm-hmm. here's an example of it forza horizon mm-hmm. 5 and it's funny because when the game came out, people were sharing those UK charts because That's sales right, in they the were. UK were down 80%, right? 80% physical because nobody buys physical anymore, but they use it as proof that somehow people don't buy games on Xbox. So it's down 80%. And then here you have MPD basically, basically saying like, yeah, when you include physical and digital, it set an all-time sales record, even though you can essentially get the game for free. But of course, you know, the same people that share those type of things aren't going to share this. So, because it doesn't fit their agenda. It doesn't fit their agenda that actually games sell better when they're on Game Pass, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I got to I got to find that list. Um Yeah, I remember seeing that. Let's see. And we knew it was sold well because before Here it um, is. before it released in the Game Pass, <laughs> it had like I mean, <laughs> 2 million players would paid either $50 or $100. So we knew people were buying it, right? The things things that we like, you know, we grab a wooden sword and a garbage can lid and bang it together and go to war, right? Like when I look at this, Call of Duty Vanguard is at the number one top 20 video game on all platforms sold. Vanguard, which is being hailed as the least favorite. I tried to be as nice as possible. I went on this show, but uh, in general. I'm a jerk. What can I say? Vanguard is is the least favorable Call of Duty in a long time, right, guys? Raise your hand if you agree. Y- yes. And it's yeah. number one yeah. in the sales. And then Battlefield 2042, which people are like, man, I was really excited about it. just wasn't hitting right, and it needs a little more time in the oven. It's number two in the sales chart. <laughs> and then Miles, the boy Miles has got his Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl <laughs> for Nintendo <laughs> number three. <laughs> and then number four is forza horizon <laughs> five so it's just crazy when you look at these lists miles morales makes it in there at uh number 13 and down at the very bottom is the remaster version of ghost of tsushima which was pushed by games as a service dlc and the i mean gaming's in a good spot but i mean look at those numbers and those games it's kind of gotta scratch your head like 
That's why, yeah, that's why we always talk about like taking a second to get outside of our bubble. Because mm-hmm. again, yep. like what I we talk grass. about on Twitter, what we fight about on Twitter, who we want to f- literally fight about on Twitter is not the majority. Because like yeah. all, we've all complained about how Call of Duty doesn't look interesting. I don't care about Vanguard. I think I don't think any of us here care about Vanguard, but it's the number one selling game. It's the mm-hmm. number one selling game. And that, you know. As much as it breaks my heart, uh, that, I guess that's just the world that we live in. Not um, only that, Miles, but when you're taking the top be- top 10 best-selling games so far of this entire year, 2021, Call of Duty is number one and number two. Call of Duty Black Ops oh. Cold War is number one, and Call of Duty Vanguard's number two. Yeah, it's, my it, face, it hurts. Just it just hurts mm. a little bit. But, uh... I'm like, where are all these people that we're not talking to? They're, they're, they're not like on no social life. media. Yeah, they're, they're not, not on Twitter. They're just at home playing Call of Duty, bro. Yep, yep. They're just getting sweaty and drinking, getting Cheeto dust on their Valari pillow. Hey, let me, I should I should do this here real quick. Valari sent me this, uh, this isn't a commercial, but they were cool enough to send me this pillow. And um, sometimes it's so funny because it's kind of cool. Like uh, you could put this thing around your waist and, and then you could swim out to sea. But I mean, you can't really see it on the show, but you can put this thing and rest your arms and then like not put stress on your neck. But they were cool enough to send this to me. And uh, people are really enjoying these things. And uh, they're getting comfortable with them. You can put them all kinds of different ways. I got a racing seat over here. And yeah, let's got see a kid it. Come on. Show us the uh, racing seat, Cole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Show us the racing you. seat. Come on. Yeah, I can show you the that, racing nice seat. nice and ergonomic with your pillow and that <laughs> racing seat. All right. Yeah. Like my kid isn't, isn't tall enough to reach the pedals the way that I have it set up. And so I put... The Valari back there, and that was great. I got hold on a second. I don't like to get out here. It's Colt's like, You're making me move my camera. I had a position. Look at that. Look yeah, at that. Look Ooh. at that. That's look how you play that. Forza, y'all. Yeah. Forza Horizon 5. Yeah, and now I have to reset my camera because you guys are, um, you guys are. Hey, you're doing it. You're doing it for everybody in chat. You're doing it for the fans. Yeah, you're. Yeah, this is a service to the viewers. So okay? yeah, shout, uh, out, shout out to 950 people in chat. Make sure you guys hit the like button because Cole puts on an amazing show. Is the videos are always super top notch. Half a million people have watched him uh, clickbait his uh, Elder Scrolls Fallout Five <laughs> Bethesda video. You know, Rand. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um <laughs> a click is a click. Okay. <laughs> hey man, they chose. I should have made some shorts. Um yeah, I'm gonna do a video this week with that chair because I set that thing up. Oh, I gotta tell you, driving around Mexico in a Konazig Jasco at 263 miles an hour with a stick shift, like in first person mode, it is unbelievable. So I'm going to make a little video, just kind of show you what that is like, because um, now with these new consoles, like you can get like a racing simulation thing and uh, yeah, it's actually feels really cool. So we'll, we'll get into that. Let me grab a couple of supers. Rand. I love you, man, but <laughs> you're the best. Colt. <laughs> Let's see. We got uh risk it for the biscuit. Uh, my Australian buddy who's in the UK. I think he's Australian. If he's not Australian, he's going to DM me and uh, he's going to punch me. But he says, here we go. Late here. Great show. Chat's awesome. Shout out to the people in the UK who watch XNC because it is like 1, 2 in the morning. So you're amazing. You know, checking out the show. He says, Miles Diggity Dompierre, Colt 45 Eastwood. Best guests on the best show night, y'all. Oh, Rand Al Legend, he said. I was mm. going to say, he's got to have a name for Rand Al Legend. That's a good one. We're going to have to go with that. Uh, Lord Starkiller says, love the open world sandbox for Halo Infinite. 
Oh my gosh. Uh, Jedi Knight Peter with Australian $10 says, Good day. X and C has been wanting to show off how awesome I am at Halo. Laughing, crying emoji has been having a lot That's of a trouble. Horrible my- Australian <laughs> accent. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said it. I'm glad. You- oh, okay. Now, now is the time of the show where we ask Rand to do a random. I've got a wheel over here. I'll spin it for a random. Uh, accent and he has to nail it and here we go now uh he says they need to fix the dvr on the xbox uh how, is there any advice or any news coming um yes jason ross said they're working on it i don't know it's a carryover from xbox one it needs yeah. to be fixed you guys make me so mad now you you throw me off my game uh i forgot what i was gonna say oh halo yeah we're gonna talk about halo so it, it it climbed its way up, Miles, to an 87 meta. It's up there with some of the bangers in the last like decade. 87 meta. 87 meta. You know, uh, I love these conversations about meta because they either don't matter or they do matter depending on how you how well you want a game to perform. Uh, I am happy to see Halo Infinite come out and. And or 343 Industries come out and stick the landing with Halo Infinite because mm-hmm. there's been there was so much drama, so much drama and anticipation and you know speculation about what Halo Infinite was going to be or what Halo Infinite wasn't going to be. And um, it was such a fascinating journey from our, our gameplay reveal in 2020, where everybody's like, this looks like crap, this Halo's gonna be oh. trash, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um to them not talking about campaign in any capacity for a long time. Uh, and then the full package is here. Multiplayer's out. Campaign's out. And if you know me, you know I've been I've been banging the Resident Evil Village drum. I've been smashing sure. that drum. That's the GOAT. That for, for a long time, Resident Evil Village, game of the year, I beat that thing seven times. I haven't beat a game what? Seven, seven times at launch. I don't think ever. Like, I, I loved Resident Evil Village. Um, and now wrapping up Halo Infinite combined with the multiplayer package. Um, somehow, d- 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 despite the odds, despite them taking co-op from me, hurting me, putting a stake straight through my heart by not shipping the game with co-op, Halo Infinite, it, it's my game of the year, boys. Um, Halo Infinite, I will come out. I said it on Twitter earlier. Halo Infinite, number one. Resident Evil Village, number two. So 343 Industries, you deserve all the praise in the world. I, wow. I know this development was tough. I know this saga was wild. Um, but you did it. You delivered the most fun Halo that has existed in my eyes. And that is Dang. a that is a feat. And they deserve all the props in the world. So that's it. Halo Infinite, my game of the year. Wow. You know, Miles, you and I talked uh, when I had finished the review uh, and was getting ready to build the review. And I was kind of expressing my concerns you'd heard some concerns from people that you've mm-hmm. been around or worked with and and people you've talked to and rand probably put a little bug in your ear but uh it's kind of nice to see that it turned out to be more than you expected rand the <laughs> our buddy jason schreier waited until the game released to kind of um kind of tell a nice little redemption story didn't he i know people might think of it as a hit piece but uh, can you kind of get the audience up to speed with what he did with with Bloomberg? Uh, yeah, I mean, he wrote an article about the struggles that Halo Infinite had dev wise, and uh, I think it was like titled something like "From Triumph to" or "From From Tragedy to Triumph" or something along those lines. 
And he basically just ran through the problems that they had, like contract contractors is a Microsoft problem. They basically mm-hmm. can only work on a, something for like 18 months before they have to take a leave, which sucks, If especially if you're, the person is very talented and they're working on this thing. And then all of a sudden their time is up and now you have to wait a certain amount of time before you can rehire them again. And bring in somebody new. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that that was an issue. Um, also, I think there was an issue with uh, some of the tools, uh, the Faber tool set, which, uh, you know, how you make games. Of course, that's a big, <laughs> if it takes forever to make something in the game, it's going to be a problem. And then like, because of it in 2019, they were like, we're not going to be able to make what we want to make. They cut like two thirds of the story or the game itself and mm-hmm. kind of pared down the open world a little bit because before it was supposed to be this big open world game, like kind of their breath of the wild. Um, but anybody who's played it knows it's like, it's not as open world as you would expect. Um, the islands are kind of sectioned off from one another. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so they, they did that and they talked it's about still pretty big. Like when you get up in a wasp, but well, yeah, when you get up in a wasp, big, but I, it still I had this a... moment before I started the show where I got up in the wasp and I was flying and like the rocks and the trees look pretty decent. You know, sometimes they look a little iffy. Other times they look pretty great. Just depends on the lighting. Right. Cause it's all baked in right now. But I, I had this moment where I'm like, how big is this compared to red dead's map? Cause red dead looks incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How big is that? Like, have you guys thought about that or taking a a gander guess? It's a much smaller slice, I would say. I mean, obviously, Red Dead's slower and you don't have a a wasp that you can fly around with. So uh, they didn't have to take that into consideration. But you can definitely tell on the edges of the map, there are things in the distance that look like things that maybe were intended to be there when the game shipped. Um, Some of the edges of the map just literally look like they're cut off. So you can tell. Like, you know, as much as I love the game, I could tell that there were segments of the game that were cut to make this launch in in the Mm -hmm. time frame that they wanted to. Even with a delay. Um, Yeah. yeah. So that was my biggest gripe is that you as much as this open world is is compelling to look at, you can just tell that this is the foundation of of something that's going to be great years down the road. Because um, like Rand said, according to this article, they had to cut two thirds of the game. Um, that's a huge chunk of this of this open world. So yeah, I will be curious to see. You know, if I assume they're going to add additional biomes, We're, I'm not, obviously not going to go into spoilers. But you know, they've they've set a foundation for the the Halo Infinite journey, and I'm I'm curious to see what that ends up being. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second. I'll ask Rand first. I, I feel I feel like we Rand and I've had this conversation over the phone or on on chat. Uh, how soon do you suppose we will get the next campaign expansion and what do you expect from it? See, part of me thinks like a year from now, so like November of 2022, we'll see the next campaign expansion. But then I realize, like, oh, wait, well, co-op's still another six months out. <laughs> and then yeah. Forge is another yeah. three months out from that. So I, I, I don't know. I feel like maybe two years you get some sort of uh, Gears Hive Busters expansion that's a little bit more lengthy. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like, it would be great if they could do it Destiny style where, like, every year you get, like, a big ex- a story expansion. Because when you beat the game, there is a sequel hook, 100%. Um, it's just the question is how fast can they do it? And 
I don't know. I don't, I get, we don't know their plans. So maybe they have a plan for every year, but I'm just kind of thinking like to me right now, I'm thinking like two years, I'm thinking like holiday 2023 is when we'll get like, you know, chief goes and does another, another thing for another, when all the you know, huge games come out too. Eight hours. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Miles, <laughs> do you think, do you think we will be playing it a year from now or you think two years like me, like what are your thoughts? Halo infinite colon something. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking that I could see a world down the road where there is that kind of destiny model where every year we get some sort of a uh, big noteworthy campaign expansion of some kind. That's kind. Of, that's kind of what I'm envisioning. But as as you've talked about, and as we've seen with season one, they had to extend season one from three months to six months. Uh, they had to push mm-hmm. the co-op delay back six months. Forge is now going to be roughly nine months if they get back on track with season two. So it seems like the first year, more or less, is I'm kind of kind of writing that off in terms of campaign expansion. Yeah. So I'm kind of on the same page. I think two years will be our first one, and then from there, I would love to see them on track to do one. Because again, I'm not going into spoilers, but there's some there's some stories, some some you know, iconic Halo characters. I want to see them explore some more in, in in this story. But I do think it'll probably take two years before we get that big noteworthy drop. Yeah, we would have heard about it by now if that was like in the plans for next. Well, holiday. they the right. trademark did appear. Halo colon something something as Miles said, <laughs> and I don't know if that means it's it's coming this year, but they they definitely trademarked it. Um, Let's talk location, though, guys. Uh, what? Where are we going to? Another section of the ring? Uh, we didn't really get to go out in space. Like, are we going to see like a jungle part of the ring? Are we going to see a desert? What? What's your prediction? Oh, you're use, using that word biome. Biome, absolutely. Biomes. There's a biomes have been in every Halo game. You know, you go to a different type of area that looks different, and. I can just see mm-hmm. it now. Like, what's what's your prediction, Rand? Well, I mean, like, I there's no reason to reuse places we've been already. So I, I would hope that we do go to some some new place on the other side of the ring With where crystals. it looks different. <laughs> um, yeah, just I'll just we'll just have to wait and see. Personally, yeah, a jungle one sounds cool. Get a little crisis yeah. action going on or Ooh, something man. like that. Now we're talking. Uh, yeah, that about you, be interesting. Yeah, I would love what, a change of scenery. I mean, I'm from the Pacific Northwest, so I got some nostalgia kind of obviously yep. the, the the main biome of this game is heavily inspired by the Pacific Northwest. But yeah. that being said, it's the only one we see pretty much the entire game. So I would love some variety. I would love to go somewhere that looks distinct and different. When I know when I go here, I know that there's going to be different enemies or different things I need to worry about. And um yeah, obviously a jungle would be great. I think a desert is in the realm of possibility. Give me a gross swamp. Uh, yeah, just I'll take anything. Yeah. Right? I'm not at this point. I'll take anything. And I feel like we're on a, like one quarter of the ring, or maybe an eighth. I, it's kind of hard to tell at the scale. So it seems like that three four three can look at this and say, "All right, here's our plan. We're going to split the ring into four sections, and we're going to go here, and then here, and then here, and then there." Like I think that's cool. And if they kind of like. Uh, that would be cool to like, we're going to do a, an expansion, a story, you know, an eight to 10 hour campaign expansion in a couple of years. And the focus is it's on a more desert style uh, part of the ring, maybe with some environmental hazards, like they can do some great things. It's a cool thing about this Ram when you're talking about, they got to finish the seasons before they get into the next expansion, the foundation's already built. So all they have to do is just pretty it up 
build the experiences. And that means we don't have to wait many years for the next expansion. Right. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to. Let's talk about, uh, I was going to talk about how we played the game, but like we've all kind of covered it quite a few, quite a bit and I'm on my second playthrough and um, surprisingly enjoying it even more the second time. So you can see why it's been so hot. Let's talk about the game of the year award show. Oh. Um, I want to cover oh, some of the things that yeah. kind of flew under the radar, but um, they started it off in the pre-show with Tunic, which is coming out in March? March, March 16th. Yeah, March 16th. March. I have a feeling that Miles and Rand are like going to enjoy a game like that. That's a punishing game. What does this remind you of that you uh, loved recently? <laughs> I mean, Miles, go ahead. If you've played the demo, yes, there are some da- Dark Souls compared. This is the yeah. Dark Souls of isometric Zelda like. Isn't it the Death's uh, Door of Fox games, though? Yeah. <laughs> see some. No, this is this is this is the Dark Souls. Of- well, the, well, Death's Door was the was the first uh, Dark Souls of isometric Zelda likes. <laughs> right. And this is, but Tunic was announced first, so it, it you know. That store swoop under and kind of stole some of the thunder, I think, from Tunic. <laughs> because they were there. ready, but there are similarities, um, right? Yeah, Tunic is the first time it was revealed forever ago. It's been so long. I was I was ready. Like I wanted to play that game. I wanted to explore that world. I've played a little bit. There's been a couple demos on the Xbox store through the ID at Xbox showcase. Um, I'm ready for this thing just to be out. I just want to play it. I, I spent about half an hour with the demo and I was like, okay, I'm good. I've seen enough. I just want to play it now because I know yeah. what to expect. So yeah, Tunic, let's go. Finally, five five years? Was it announced five years ago? It's been a long time. I've, I expected it to be coming a long time ago. But yeah, Tunic looks cool. Uh, may I bring up a, a multi-plat real quick, Rand? Is that okay? I mean, we it's your show. It's your show. You can bring up whatever <laughs> uh, you want. I was super excited about Evil West. He's made by Fl- uh, Flying Wild Hogs, the team that made Shadow Warrior 1 and 2. And I can't remember what else they made, but you get this like a uh, devil may cry, like a uh, cyber Western third person action game. Did you guys get a look at this? Yeah. Did you guys play the surge at all? No, oh, it's going to be, surge. I played a little bit of the surge. Surge is very difficult. The uh, gameplay of that. Again, we haven't seen uh, too much of an action, but the kind of steampunk wild West vibe, uh-huh. it reminded me a lot of the surge which was okay. published by Focus as well. Um, but I love the the steampunk, Old West kind of Van Helsing vibe of that. It's Yes! It's yes. like it's yeah. something that would have existed on like original Xbox and PS2, like that era of gaming that we haven't seen in a long time. So seeing that was really cool, and I'm excited to see a weird kind of campy take on that setting. Yeah, yeah, that it looks that's... There was a bunch of multi-plats I got excited about, but uh, there, was a, there was an exclusive that... A little indie, and I don't know if this is something that Rand is excited about, but it's a cell shaded kind of a whimsical looking planet of Lana. It's a yeah. looks like it's a mm-hmm. side scroller. Rand, do you know much about this studio and the deal that went on with this to come to Xbox? I mean, I'm, I would imagine it's kind of like any of the other deals for Game Pass, um, but it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm really looking forward to playing it whenever it does. Was it supposed to be next year, right? 2022 or is it 2023? Yeah. I forget. I don't know if I noted when it was coming out. I, I think, think we just got did. a 2022 splash screen, but no 2022. Window. Yeah, who knows okay. when? But I'll definitely be playing it day one. 
So it, it was funny because the show kind of starts with a couple of um, whimsical, you know, Tunic is looks like this neat little like Legend of Zelda Fox game. Then you got this planet Lana, this like small childlike character, you know, going across the desert. And then Jeff Keeley's like, hold on to your Giuseppe's. This is real gameplay. Xbox. <laughs> you know, remember, remember he was wearing his Giuseppe's. When they last said year? this to me, I could not believe it was actual gameplay. <laughs> yep, yep. He's like, they sent when they sent this to me, it was disguised as a different trailer because they didn't want me to leak it. Here, no, no. <laughs> Jeff did a I think Jeff did a great job of the show. Super oh. long, but cool. But he showed Hellblade 2, and I think people went. Right, so Randall Thor, you've had expectations for Hellblade. Uh, take us to the moment when that trailer's booted up for you, and and you were you were doing your nails watching this. Watching yeah, this I mean, <laughs> uh, I think I've said previously, outside of Halo Infinite, my most anticipated Xbox game is Hellblade Two. I adored the first game. I played it twice. I played it on the P, you know, because there are some people out there who didn't play it when it came to PlayStation and were like poo pooing it. And then suddenly mm-hmm. Xbox bought Ninja Theory and they're like, yeah, I'm a gun. It's just like, yeah, you're frauds. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm very interested in seeing where they take the story because, like, the end of the first game is, is very much like, you know, close. Like, they, they told a complete story. So seeing Senua on the beach with a bunch of people that are following her is super interesting because it's like, okay, she was shunned uh, in the first game, and now right. she seems like she's a leader of other warriors. So I'm definitely interested in finding out the backstory of that. But for the trailer itself, it definitely – there's this discussion that happening because people – couldn't believe that it was actual gameplay and they were like mm-hmm. that looks too good to be true and i mean i could see why because it did really look like there was a lot of player agency um like w- when you were kind of she was kind of sneaking okay that looks like cutscene, but then when she was running away from the troll that definitely looked like gameplay um although even when she like you probably need to go that way yeah well, like you took yeah. the spear and she threw it. She didn't even really aim it like a person would. Like you grab that and then you would try to aim it or whatever. But I could definitely tell it was gameplay. Um, and it was really interesting seeing like the different animations and the transitions from cutscene to gameplay. And it seems like maybe that's what they're really focusing on because Jeff kind of introduced it as like the next generation of cinematic mm-hmm. uh, gameplay. So it yeah. definitely seemed like that's what they're going for. And you could see that camera jerk like when you get the controls back because the camera would swing around and then give you control back. And normally the letterbox comes in and out in moments like that, but it was all letterbox. So that was all seamless. But you could definitely tell when the camera kind of does like a little shift because it's yeah. back in control. But yeah. yeah. Um, so I was really impressed by what I saw. I can't wait to find out, you know, everything that's going on in the game. Um, what I, I did really want to see was combat, uh, because combat is, was, it was, it was, it was, I would say, um, on the mediocre end in the first game, it definitely wasn't, I mean, the first game was built by like 20 people on a $10 million (laughs) budget. It was indie as hell, but it looked incredible Mm -hmm. and it had this really engaging story, really touching emotional journey. But a lot of the game was 
walking, 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 solve puzzle, fight some enemies, rinse and repeat. Now, I love that sort of stuff. Like, I, as long, if you're telling me a good story, like, I'm engaged, I don't really need that much more. But now they're acquired by Microsoft. Um, we've seen Psychonauts 2 step mm-hmm. up, you know, Double Fine step up their game with Psychonauts 2. We've seen how Playground stepped up their game with Forza, how 343, like, we've seen these improvements from these studios, and... I want to see the big improvement from Hellblade. So part of me wants to like, okay, I want to see how this combat is going to be improved. Like, uh, but you know, I understand the game's still a couple years away, 2023. So there's plenty of time to see something like that um, in the next showing of the title. Uh, but yeah, um, my hype level is still 10 out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. And I cannot wait to uh, see more of Hellblade 2, hopefully at E3, uh, you know, but um yeah, Miles, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the, the trailer obviously visually was incredibly impressive. There were a lot of conversations when the first reveal trailer happened and they they were specific and they were focused on that in-engine. They wanted you to know that this was in-engine footage that they had for Senua Saga Hellblade 2. And we saw it and the visual fidelity was, you know, more impressive than anything we had seen at that point. So a lot of people, you know, naturally were saying that this is going to look worse when it ships. There's no way that this is gameplay. This is all pre-rendered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, those based on what we know of, of game development, those are fair criticisms, I think, because you, we can say, you know, the, the trailer was letterbox. It was also 24 frames per second, blah, blah, blah. There are a lot of concessions that went into making sure that this looked really, really good visually. Um, and then what we saw at the Game Awards kind of gave us an expanded look at that. Obviously, this was in-engine. It was a mix of these cinematic moments with little little bursts of gameplay. But what really impressed me about this entire showcase, like, like you've touched on, Colton, like Jeff stressed, how cinematic it was. The, the, the motion capture, the best motion capture that I've seen in a game. When you, when you look at their faces, when you look at Senua's face and you see her mouth move and you can see the reflection of light off of her gums. Looks like a TV sh- series or a, uh, or a movie. Like, yeah. Yeah, we've seen good motion capture. We've, we've definitely seen really good motion capture. And there's been moments where it's this uncanny valley where it's, it's almost right. It's almost human. And what we saw with Senua's saga, that was the best motion capture that I've seen. That, w- that was spot on. Um, again, like Rand said, we didn't really get a good taste of what combat's going to look like. I felt the, the spear throwing bits were a little, I don't want to say janky because that seems harsher than I want it to be, but a little bit jarring when you're running from the troll, grabbing the, the spear, turning around, throwing it. I, 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 that felt a little bit off to me in, in what we saw, but that's what I was trying to say. Like, um, if you're watching really closely, you can tell that the person is taking control who's playing the the demo to create the trailer like um yeah you can definitely tell because it is seamless it's like uh god of war like halo infinite where the camera is always with you and mm-hmm. it never stops or fades out for a cutscene. and the game will look in cinematic as great as it'll look in gameplay i think what was missing miles was they showed this amazing approach cinematic into the tr- into the into the cave and she turns and runs and throws the spears and then she gets back to like the place where they started their assault and just a little bit of sword play would imperfect. But I think mm-hmm. people have every right to feel like 
two years ago in 2019, you showed us this cinematic chant and a couple of soldiers walking into a battle and nothing happened, right? And it was all in-engine and it looks incredible. And then two years later, you show us almost really no combat because we already know that Melina, Melina has been training with the star wars combat uh, yeah what do you call him like the uh, choreographer the choreographer yeah choreographer where he was he's worked with star wars and other movies on real sword combat that's real really grounded in historical fighting and she spent all this time getting into shape and so like Rand says you know the the combat in hellblade senior sacrifice was mediocre or it was just you know it was and eh, it was there it did its because job it, before it was yeah, it was like Perry slash 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 Perry, right? And now we know that they'll be, uh, I don't know my sword terms. Maybe Miles can help me out. Like <laughs> She's got like sword thrust slash blocks and, and all kinds of stuff that'll be built in the game. So there's massive potential for combat and Ninja Theory is not ready to show that yet. So yeah. yeah I mean, to be honest, when, when we had heard rumblings that Hellblade 2 was going to be shown, I wasn't sure what that would look like. I was expecting, if I'm being frank, less gameplay than we saw here because a few months ago, shortly after E3, they they told us that the game has a ways to go. That this yeah. that they are in active development, but they still have a good chunk of active development left. So when I heard we were going to see gameplay, I was really curious to see what that would look like. And I thought this, you know, as much as people have their concerns about combat, wh- where I think this shined was showing the world and the scale. Because um, the beach segment that we saw, that was way bigger than most of the environments we had seen in the original Hellblade. Sure. Seeing yeah. that disgusting giant slithering from the water into the cave, um, it made me really excited because I know they're going all in when it comes to delivering something dark and weird and, and uncomfortable uh, yeah. exactly which we got bits of that in the original hellblade and i want to see i wanted to see that expanded on more and this trailer gave me exactly that um seeing the people running and screaming on fire um those those mm-hmm. moments of just intense action and and dread um there was almost this this flare of horror to this segment and mm-hmm very you know sure yeah I, I love a good horror experience so um yeah i was excited i you know as much as i wanted to see sword fighting i was still very excited by what we saw here yeah i mean obviously ninja theory knows what they're doing we've seen what they can do um yeah somebody said in the chat uh alvin said sword play with who the giant which yeah it's true but like i <laughs> i don't know maybe they could have shown something but like like it could be drip feed for hype but um I said something kind of messy in the moment while I was watching the show and I really meant it though. And I usually don't say things unless I have, unless I mean it. Uh, I don't really troll people, but I did say that night that Hellblade two made God of War Ragnarok look like a video game. And I know it sounds super uh, rude, but I really mean it. Like God of War is one of the best looking games that we've seen in several years on on console it it looks incredible but it is very much a video game because as soon as hellblades trailer rolled up in the game of the year i thought this looks like a really great like series that you'd watch on on paramount or hbo like it looked crazy it did not look like a video game whatsoever and this is where you get the uh where people say doesn't look next gen Next gen has nothing to do with it, but now you finally have the power where you can make a game 
seamlessly look like it's always looking realistic. So people are pretty excited. A shout out to Kylo Kylo Ken with the $5 says, Colt, when Wonder Woman was introduced to the TGAs, there were no platforms listed. Any chance Microsoft is talking to WB about any sort of exclusivity, a.k.a. Xbox grabbing some of that DC goodness. Ren, you and I have talked about this at, at length because Wonder Woman was showed made by Monolith, and if you're a fan of Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, you know that Monolith could make an excellent Wonder Woman game. Ren, what is going to happen with Wonder Woman when it comes out in a couple of years or three years or whatever? Yeah, I noticed that with the trailer, as well as the Star Wars Eclipse one, that they didn't have any platforms mentioned. And that the Wonder Woman trailer isn't up on PlayStation or Xbox's YouTube channel because there's no platforms mentioned. Um, I don't know how much of that is just par for the course, business as usual type of thing. Or no business as usual yet, right? Like, So I don't, I don't know if this really means, like this could mean a lot or maybe this means absolutely nothing. I, I don't know, but it, it was... It was something I picked up on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Warner Brothers has been in talks about acquisitions. And if you're in talks about acquisitions, somebody m- might be like, yeah, you, you please don't announce this game for other platforms yet. Um, Yikes. You know what I mean? Like, th- that's yeah, maybe possible. But I don't know. Like, I don't really know. I don't really don't know what to think here. Um Miles, you're tuned in. You know yeah, the ground. Yeah. I, I like, would say uh, when games are revealed a ways out, oftentimes we don't see platforms associated to mm-hmm. it. So obviously we can have some fun. We can put on the tinfoil hats. We can, go to speculation town. We can yeah. go to speculation town and say, hmm, WB owns DC. There's been talks that DC or WB could be acquired by Microsoft. There's mm-hmm. been an, a vocal outcry from the Xbox community for Xbox to have an answer to PlayStation's Marvel agenda. Hmm. But I think realistically it's they probably literally don't know what platforms it's going to be on. They're probably working on the game, trying to decide if it's going to be maybe on previous gen as well or only next gen. And that's why we yeah, just saw yeah. just saw the reveal. But but Miles, but, if we if uh, we put on our tinfoil jacket to go with our hats, Xbox and Monolith have worked together quite a bit. I remember in 2017, Phil Spencer saying that Monolith Studios is literally right down the road, and he would stop in and check on Shadow War. Am I correct in that uh, retelling of the story, Randall Thor 19? Do you remember uh, that? I actually don't remember that. I remember that very well because the Xbox One X was about to come out. I loved, I was really looking forward to Shadow War, and it was going to be enhanced on the new Xbox Scorpio. And Phil said that they're literally down the road, and they're checking in with them, and they... They really uh, made sure that the Xbox version was, you know, it ran it near full 4K and the PlayStation Pro version ran it like half of that. You know, it was one of those things that kind of went for a while. But yeah, as somebody mentioned in the chat, I think it was, uh, I just replied to him. Uh, Life Supremacy says that Monolith Productions and Xbox have history together. They've worked, they've done marketing for, uh, I don't know what other games besides Shadow of War, but um, it does seem like, dc monolith and xbox i mean there's no platform you're just getting started it's like 
can you put out the 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 candle circle uh miles and can you like <laughs> what, what's it called the uh that you do on the Twitter? summoning circle summon. the, the those summoning are reserved circle. for special things all right um well right. i'm going to you're going to summon no i'm just kidding i, I would to, love to with see great power comes great responsibility colt we can't just be willy <laughs> i know all your candles circles, are relegated right? to to souls games and pokemon coming to the Xbox. i got my candles laid out for a few other things right now okay <laughs> i get why people want it and let's uh, quite frankly i will play any game that gives me a whip so uh let's yeah. go i will play wonder woman day one uh dark siders three quick shout out to that if you haven't played it excellent game with the whip oh yeah yeah um but yeah i get it and i think a lot of the speculation right now is that xbox fans just want that superhero banger dude they just want that clap back to venom in spider-man 2 um yeah. but we'll have to wait yeah. and see to wait and grab see. that dc that dc thing like it actually makes sense to for marvel playstation dc xbox come together let's just That's keep cute. these wars going on every front let's yep, let's yep. i mean it, there's just so many things uh one of the other things that um i didn't give a crap about was suicide squad but it had an excellent showing at the game awards so you can't talk me out of it i'm excited to play it it looks like uh it looks crazy i don't even know what it looks like Rand, what is you- what does it remind you of? I mean, it's got some of that Sunset Overdrive vibe to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah it sure uh, does. I was, gonna, I was a little. I really wanted to see how Rocksteady, who I love, right? I love their Batman games. Like, okay, let's let's do a game where we're playing four antiheroes, four villains, but no melee combat. It's just guns, which is so weird, a change huh? of pace from their normal melee combat in the Batman games. And judging from it, it's like, wow, that looks, that looks like it might be a a, a lot of fun. I, I, I don't know. Rocks, Rock, Rocksteady, in my opinion, is one of the top tier devs, and it's just mm-hmm. really disappointing that we haven't gotten one of their a new game from them in basically seven years, right? Like they did yeah, Batman Arkham yeah. Knight in 2015, and this is their next game. It's been seven years. Damn, it has. Been they since... they made like the first great Batman, like first truly great Batman game since the since the nes batman game right so they can make it's so can we look at suicide squad for me i'm like what they got shark dude and it's like i'm like i don't really know a lot about that but i just know that rocksteady makes great stuff so that's a multi-plat and i think it comes out 2022 yes that and uh gotham knights i believe are 2022 Mm -hmm. oh my gosh we're gonna be comic booked out uh I, let's see we got mo b uh, this was from a while ago but he's just got colt ran and miles on the show it's going to be a great show everybody hit the like button show some love let's see we're at 500 likes so you guys are incredible let me grab a couple of these uh hargeet johnny with a five dollar says so <laughs> i got what well, as i talked to hargeet on on xbox live totally chill cool guy a little messy in the supers but yeah, i like it we live for it he says so when do we get a second job messaging from playstation again playstation is for the payers pay happens here he's having some laughs it's okay <laughs> take it easy it'll be okay he's a good guy fazel Sean with the canadian two dollars 79 cent says loving the xbox podcast universe crossovers <laughs> fire <laughs> panel yeah it helps that these guys are good friends that's amazing that I can ask them to, you know, spend some time in their evening to talk shop with me. These guys are incredible. Lord Star Killer with the ten dollars says PlayStation needs to stop the paid upgrades. They won't. Just be more gamer friendly and include game upgrades for free. Let's start gouging gamers for 4K gaming for only ten dollars. 
you know, I will say that the devs need to be paid for their work. Like when you go back and you retool things and you do some upgrades and you, you add the 3d sound, all those things like that takes time. And the studio has to make a decision if they're going to just kind of work that into their budget or if they're going to make some money back. And apparently PlayStation has decided with some of the other big developers, they're going to get their money back. Sweeping Vistas with the Australian $5 says Planet of Lana must be Keeley's favorite as it's featured on his summer fest this year. I don't remember seeing it before. Did you guys? Yeah, that was revealed earlier yes. this year. Oh, yeah, yeah it, was it was new to me. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Lord Sarkill with the $5 says Hellblade 2 gameplay was absolutely fire along with the Matrix Unreal Engine tech demo, which I still haven't loaded up. Miles, did you load up your little Matrix uh, experience? O- only briefly. I need to. I need to sit down, and I've just been sucked into Halo. So I downloaded it, mm-hmm. booted it up, and then immediately started playing Halo again. So I need to spend some more crazy? time with it because it's the screenshots it that- I've been seeing. My God, dude! Those I ca- know <laughs> the cars, the mailboxes, the reflections. It's yep. It's impressive. Yeah, I mean, Unreal Engine's the real deal. Um, we're just getting out of this cross-gen here in a little bit. So, uh, Jeff Garcia, thank you for the $2. Says, what about the gunk? No one seems to talk about the gunk. And I asked Rand about this um, in party chat the other night. Rand, uh, what are you expecting from the gunk? It comes out on the 16th. It comes out in about a week from now. I mean, like two days from now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Today's the 13th. Yeah, three uh, days from now. Or two days. embargoes yeah. tomorrow, maybe? I think they the first Metacritic party! No, I'm just kidding. I think the, the they put up. You can go find some web uh, channels that put up like the first thirty minutes of footage. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I wonder. I, it's one of those games I've kind of looked at. Like, well, it might be interesting. It's may, maybe it's not my thing, but it may. I don't know. Who knows? I, I, I just I think it's going to be a banger. I think it's going to be another Xbox banger to wrap the year out. Because Miles, it, give us your Metacritic prediction. You, oh you God, anti Metacritic dude. <sighs> Um, the gunk 86. Oh my gosh, 86. 86. Okay, you know, sitting on this show, uh, no, I went, I did Fon- Jay Fonzarelli's show, and right before Halo came out, he said, Uh, yeah, I don't know. And I said, What's your Metacritic prediction? He goes, I think it's going to be an 80. And, and my face was like, And he gave me the hiccups. I kind of like sucked. And I went, <gasps> then I got the hiccups. I'm like, 80? He goes, Yeah, you know, I've just been hearing from other people. And then two days later, it did a lot better. So you never know. Uh, Kate Forever, thank you so much for the $10 Super Chat. Says, anyone else invest in Focus Entertainment after the VGA Plague's Tale, which is coming to Game Pass, Place uh, Requiem. It's coming to Game Pass day one. Evil West, rumored to come to Game Pass? Or is it Game Pass? Do you guys remember? Definitely not confirmed for Game Pass. Okay, okay. Warhammer Space Marines 2, which has people getting giddy. It's been like 10 years since that game was out, um, released. Uh, all from external teams. None of their own, which means more games yet to be announced. And he says, Phil, get on it, my guy. So he's hoping that all these huge uh, multi-plats come to Game Pass. Uh, we'll see. One more. Xberg with the Canadian $10 says, I recommend everyone watch the new Xbox holiday video series out today. It's a great way xbox owned up to the troubles of the past and finally put them behind you but that behind them ps great panel colt yes rand and miles we are um we got a couple more things to cover and uh let's see what we have here we've got 
I just covered Plague's Tale. Crossfire is finally coming in February. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, cool. a, that's a call that somebody made that they should not have made. February, as we know, is, is yeah, but it's, ridiculously stacked. But it's mm-hmm. before... It's the Elden Ring, though, Miles. It's the tenth. When's Elden Ring? But we have Horizon. Know when Elden Ring releases? Yeah, it's it's the last last week of February, twenty sixth. I want to say whatever. I thought it was the twenty fourth, but you're right. It might be the twenty sixth. Some yeah, something like that. But okay, seventy four days. It's seventy four days away. I know that. So (laughs) do the math there. Uh, (laughs) You got that keyed in real nice. Why? Why? In (sighs) well, it's supposed to come out this holiday, and they just they weren't ready yet. But uh Rand, you're a remedy fan, right? Yes, I am. But like, are you excited about a Call of Duty style uh remedy first person campaign? Sure. A hundred percent. I'll I'll be playing Crossfire X. I wanna play through that campaign. It it does kind of give me like advanced warfare, infinite warfare kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. You know, um I'll play anything. I know the shooting's remedy good. Makes. Yeah. I know the first person shooting's good. I played the demo. The multiplayer demo. Yeah, the that's the multiplayer. Feels... There's nothing to do with the campaign called. But, you know, it's going to be using the same mechanics for shooting. So if you're worried about how it feels to have Remedy behind the behind the buttstock of a gun instead of uh, running around hitting newspapers. Uh, is it the same but... engine, though? I don't even know if it's the same engine. Because I think it's, it's gotta two, be. two completely different teams for multiplayer and, and campaign. It's got to be the same engine because you've got to be able to jump back and forth and have some of the same mechanics. Uh, of doesn't course, have to be. I, Doom 2016, baby. Yeah, Colt. Come on. Prime, prime Those example. different engines. Uh-huh. They were. What? I didn't know that. I, I think, didn't know Doom, I think Doom's was multiplayer engine. was on. Wasn't Doom's multiplayer unreal? And then the campaign was. Because you had to like six? load a separate instance with Doom 2016. Like you had to load a different video game menu screen to be That's able to play That's psychosis, dude. Yeah. Because the gameplay feels almost the same. That's crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, the tinfoil. So maybe so. Maybe the campaign feels nothing like the multiplayer cult. Maybe it doesn't. Well, now we have to wonder if that if Remedy would be able to do a first person shooter the way we want. Yeah. Um. Let's see. One more game awards thing. Uh. Because we've got one more topic about a supposed new studio working on a AAA Xbox game. I'll get to in a minute. But I got to ask you guys because I know uh, this concerns you. Psychonauts 2 and Ratchet and Clank ripped apart, completely snubbed at the Game Awards. Let's talk mm. about it. Let's talk about it now. Rat- Ratchet and Ratchet Zero Awards. Damn. Zero. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Ratchet. Why you got to be like Clank that? Ran? Snubbed apart and Psychonauts. Uh, nothing. Psychonaut awarded. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Leave it to Miles to come up with a banger. Um, I gotta start with I'll start with Rand. Um, crap, I Rand and I've talked about Psychonauts, but I'll talk about Rift Apart. We both played it, we both yeah. have about the same opinion. So, were you expecting Ratchet to come away with a couple of awards, maybe game of the year? I mean, I thought it would win something, but um, it didn't win anything, and I'm like, yeah, that's about right for that game. <laughs> It looks so incredible. Like you step out and the, the sky oh, is alive God, yeah. with ships and battles and, and the world just looks incredible in every different level, but uh, it didn't win art direction. It didn't win. Uh, uh, I don't know. It just didn't win anything. I don't well, know. Well, Re- Re- Returnal won. 
and it deserved yeah. it. Returnal's Returnal's the better PlayStation exclusive for 2021. Yeah, I am. You are uh, on record. Yes, I am very much not a fan of Ratchet and Clank, and I thought it was just an okay game. I didn't think it was anything spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was disappointed when it was nominated for Game of the Year over Returnal. So yeah, I'm just didn't win any awards because I was. Just Do you think like, the the difficulty, the the level, or the accessibility of Returnal kind of kept that panel of 103 judges from? playing through it and enjoying it and say, oh, that was a great challenge. Maybe they got into it like I did and like, I die a lot. Uh, I think maybe it's just like they liked other games, but yeah. I, you know, Psychonauts 2 getting robbed, you know, like didn't, it, yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't win best it, art direction, didn't best narrative, like game to you, like best game design. It's just like, whoa. It really deserved art direction. Those levels are incredible. Miles, I got to hear your take on this. It, I it really been... like Psychonauts. Yeah, it would have been great to see Psychonauts win something because it was nominated for so many categories. It was incredible to see this kind of unanimous praise for Psychonauts 2 and to see Double Fine come out with their first big release under Xbox Game Studios and have it you know, live up to decades, decades of hype, decades of mm-hmm. anticipation. Uh, Psychonauts, the original, obviously a cult classic. Um, but yeah, I was a little bummed to see that it didn't win a single one. Our direction would have been cool. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to upset some Xbox fans. I think when I say that I liked, it takes two a lot more than I liked Psychonauts two. So I did too. I, yeah, and I really like Psychonauts too, me but too. Yeah. it takes two did it all better. Yeah. I, I don't have any complaints about Psychonauts two. Were but... you super happy when he got, when Joseph, uh, Ferris, <sighs> Got the award for game of the. I see I'm him come up with, with his T-shirt, just like totally. He was not. I think like all of us, he was expecting Deathloop to win. I think he was just yeah, lounging yeah. back. He was there because he was nominated, but he was in a T-shirt. That dude was not expecting to win anything. And then I was so happy to for have him, man. see him come out on stage. I was a little bummed that he didn't go go ham with his speech, but he was obviously stoked, and that team was obviously stoked. And it yeah. takes two is a phenomenal game. Psychonauts yeah, 2 really also incredible. I just personally liked everything about It Takes Two a little bit more. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I wish it won something, but also I don't I don't know. I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. They they were really good games. Yeah. Yeah. That was it was cool to see. I don't know. Psychonauts 2 was so great, but yeah. Uh they did get snubbed. Um but you know that's how the that's how the panel goes. But Halo won the Player's Voice Award, and Players that's so crazy. Game. <laughs> it's so crazy in a world where you know we we talked a lot today about how uh, we think that Twitter or Reset Era, wherever you check out your Reddit, we think like that's the whole world. And uh, out there in the world, I think that there's more PlayStation fans than Xbox fans. But Halo Infinite like got cranked way up on the votes hey, you guys all the people speaking of halo infinite you guys seen the little uh videos little shorts of uh like the grunt dialogue in the game and how mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. and varied the dialogue is i just saw one on twitter where a grunt go- grunt kills master chief and goes who's craig who's craig now <laughs> no <laughs> way <laughs> yeah yeah oh, i've had dude. some i've had some really good ones uh it's just laugh out loud moments that game um I I hijacked a <laughs> hijacked a banshee that they blew up my wasp and I got out of the wasp in the air hijacked the banshee with the grapple shot and the and the elite said 
uh he said like oh no you don't and as i kicked him out he's like you'll pay for this as he falls out and it's just they had a good time with that stuff helps man um one last thing is this snowden studios you you got these people who scrub linkedin looking for like any guy you know like larry larry uh what's his name working on some game some guy from snowden studios is working on an unannounced triple a game rand did you put on a on like little like sharp uh binoculars and check into this and and find out an answer. What is this unannounced AAA game? It's coming. Who to knows? Xbox. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Miles, do you know? I I don't. I, no, I, don't I know. have no okay, idea. Okay, so I, no I looked into it, and this Snowden Studios has worked on a, what a bunch great of name games. for a studio too. Fills me with confidence. Right, right, right. But I think it's so funny the way that people. Uh, I'm going to pull this up. Uh, the way that people look at these things because they wonder, you know, what could they be making? What have they worked on previously? And Funny enough is they've worked on We Happy Few uh, as a support studio. They've also worked on uh, the director's cut of Deus Ex, Human Revolution, Dead by Daylight. Let me grab a couple more. Shadow of Mordor. And I'm just looking at recent games. Something for Wild Kratz. (laughs) Anyway, um, we see stuff like this a lot. And I think this might be a situation where maybe a team called Snowden Studios is helping Compulsion. If they worked on We Happy Few, maybe they're helping Compulsion with assets or support for their next big uh, AAA dark fantasy game, right, Rand? Like that could be possible that we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, I suppose it could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I, I don't know what else to say. I have no yeah, idea what that is a possibility. Yeah, yes, Cole, yeah. it could be. Maybe they're working on something else. Who knows? <laughs> never heard of the studio before today before like right two yeah ago. It's, it's so funny but <laughs> it, as everyone talks about acquisitions playstation just uh brought on valkyrie studios they've collected six studios this year while xbox has collected none well I technically the the bethesda deal went through this year so yeah yeah so it's just kind of yeah, t- technicality schmecticalities yeah i don't know what's going on but this is um these these are some of the things we're going to see and uh I think every studio works with someone else or brings some help on at some point. We've got Labrarius McGee with a $10 says, do you guys think it'll come down to art direction for next next gen games to determine if a game looks better than the other since graphics are getting absurdly real now? There was a bunch of people fighting on the Twitter.com smiles about how... (sighs) Horizon Forbidden West looks like the Flintstones on Cartoon Network next to Hellblade. Did you uh the were you able to sweep sweep this out of the way? Uh I saw I saw some some little nuggets of it, Colt. I, I did, unfortunately. Little chicken see, nuggets. Um the discourse on, on Twitter.com about <laughs> Hellblade versus Horizon. And yeah. I gotta say, it is some of the most disingenuous conversations I've seen online. What on people, Twitter? People need to understand that a difference in art style, a stylistic choice, does not mean that one game looks inherently better or worse than another. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime you talk about any game looking good, there is some clown on Twitter who says Uncharted Four looks better. No matter what sure. it is, it could be a cell cell shaded game it or could less be a, the last a, of us a part pixel two, yeah. art game. Somebody is telling me that Uncharted Four looks better, and 
it drives me absolutely bananas because yeah like like the super chat mentions stylistic choice is going to be a huge differentiator if every single game had super hyper realistic graphics that would be incredibly boring in my opinion if every sure. game was hyper realistic they would look all all the games would look the same and there would be no style or substance to to any of these it's cool when a game does and it's cool when they they have it and they nail it but i don't want to live in a world where every game looks like uncharted 4 colt i just i just don't i don't yeah i mean i don't want to live in a world where every game looks like call of duty and those games look really great they always look pretty you know really good but you know, Sleeping Vistas with an Australian 2 says, Colt disappointed that Artful Escape didn't win. That's another game that just has really beautiful and looks nothing like reality, looks nothing like a double A AA or triple A banger that looks realistic or tries to strive to look stylistically realistic like, like uh, Horizon Forbidden West does. But yeah, I mean, that game got snubbed, but it was kind of an interesting... I really loved it, but... Um, yeah, it, it really comes down to who cares? Like, like Red Dead Redemption looks incredible. It's one of my favorite games that year. Uh, it doesn't. It looks way better than Spider Man, but I really love Spider Man just as much. It's just uh, I don't know. Mo B with five dollars says, "Colt, when do you think we'll see more of Redfall?" We'll close out here. Let's talk about Redfall. That's one of the. Uh, I think it's one of the first first party games we'll see next. Am I right, Randall Thor nineteen? What do you mean? Is Redfall, next? the next first party exclusive I mean, that comes out. Presumably, it's the next one. I guess maybe Grounded could fully release um, before so it or whatever. Redfall. It'd probably be Redfall. Um, Forza Motorsport, I think, is set for next year, too. Uh, hopefully. And then Red Starfield, maybe September, as October, Dust November. Falls from Global Publishing yeah. might release. So, Which one? Dusk Falls? Yeah, as dust falls, I, yeah. I'm kind of curious because if we think they're doing E3 same time as they always do in June, and Redfall comes out in say September, is that, is that really going to be the first time we see Redfall gameplay with they then coming out two months later <laughs> essentially? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or do it we, seems like or a do game think, that they'd want they want to let us mean, test it or too. Do, do we think they could just do some sort of YouTube trailer? Uh, beginning in you know saying like March where it's like here's Redfall and there's some trailer out for it and then you see it again at E3. I'm, I don't know. I'm kind of Miles. What do you think? Do you, do you like with it being so like supposedly summer, which could be either you know June, July, August, September. Well, Ju- July, August, September. If you show it off in June for the first time where people see gameplay, is that too late? I think it's a little late because we've already seen leaks of of people playtesting this game. So there's mm-hmm. there's playable builds floating around. So ahead of the game awards, I was kind of thinking maybe we could see it there because it is coming out in summer and there would be this huge gap where there there are no events. And like you said, is Microsoft really going to wait until E3 to be like, hey, here's gameplay for Redfall and you can play it in like two months, which they do. They do wait on gameplay reveals. Almost always, don't they? Well, I mean, yeah, but and I guess that would be a cool moment to to say you can play this in two months. But maybe we'll see Xbox experiment more with the uh, their game showcases, and maybe it's not going to be an E three only thing and a and a Game Awards only thing. As yeah. they add yeah. more studios and then more projects to reveal, 
maybe they'll start spreading that out throughout the year. So maybe in spring, we'll get some sort of update on, on Redfall or a gameplay trailer for Redfall. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of on the same page with Rand. I think it would be weird if we didn't hear anything about Redfall until two months before it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm that's kind of been one of those things that, uh, I don't know. I think, uh, I was talking to Rand about that earlier about how Xbox needs to show like this 10 minute gameplay segment and they just don't the closest we got was the craig halo infinite in 2020 where it was five minutes of continuous gameplay smack craig and then uh people are like oh crap and you got to think that maybe some of the studios for xbox are a little gun shy to show extended gameplay so early on and have it picked apart um so early on remember when they showed it halo was supposed to be launching like Four it's months later, month uh-huh. later. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, like, that's... oh yeah, it was uh, it was July or June, July. It was, it was July. July. It was, it was yeah. supposed yeah, to so come out that holiday. So it's yeah. come out in four months. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I'm saying like they did that. They put out gameplay four months prior, and then they feel like they got burned. But uh, hey, if you're if you're out there, studios, and you're listening. I mean, be confident in your stuff. We would love to see Avowed as soon as you feel like it's looking spicy hot goods so i mean they uh, did just drop a halo campaign trailer out of nowhere right like a campaign overview trailer just one day was just like oh yeah, yeah it was six nice. minutes of, of halo like they could yeah. easily do the same thing for redfall it was just like here's five minutes six minutes of of redfall gameplay and just put it up mm-hmm. on youtube um or maybe they they reintroduce inside xbox and they start doing more of it because maybe you do need more um moments to talk about your games because you have so many so many studios and so many things going on that e3 just the e3 is just too little you need more like sony does stay to play quite often like they'll and there's a good chance depending on when god of war releases that maybe the uh, like god of war is revealed uh, you know a, a bigger gameplay section in the next state of play rather than for them waiting all the way until like a e3 type showcase yeah. So maybe yeah. Microsoft is like, okay, we need to start ramping up inside Xbox or at least some form of show where we can be like, here's Redfall, here's Ask Dust Falls, here's Grounded, a 30-minute thing, and then boom, 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 instead of just like, all right, it's just E3, and we only do E3, and maybe we do XO at the end of the year. And those are our two touchstone moments. Yeah. Um, because... You know, with 2023 just around the corner, because we're almost in 2022. Or how did how did 2021 already come and go so fast? I feel like it just started and now it's over. Well, I mean, it helped that I played a ton of great games. True. I know people look at 2021 and maybe you're like, oh, it wasn't that great. And if you're on Xbox, it really didn't get kicking for uh, new content until, you know, the early summer. But, I mean, but it's... The point I was trying to make was essentially that around 2023 is when Microsoft's vision, because even Miles made a video about this, where it's like one AAA game every quarter, right? Yeah. And essentially, if you do it like that, you're going to have two huge games launched before you even have E3. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft typically yeah. only does E3, so at some point you would think they need to have more uh, more events to talk about some of those games that are launching earlier in the year. So... Maybe I don't know. Do you do you guys think that's something they should think about doing more? Absolutely, because they got rid of Inside Xbox, which was their opportunity to showcase stuff. And I know it's a bunch of work, but we're kind of in this mode now where you can 
create something and release it on YouTube and, and put out a press release and a blog report and you're golden. Like people will hit that stuff. If it's a big announcement, uh, I really think that as soon as a game is ready to show those, div- those studios should feel like, you know, Xbox marketing should be on board with, Hey, uh, can we put this out in March? Absolutely. If you're ready and you think this, you've got a good reveal, let's show it. And I think that needs to change because remember we used to not get games in the summer and they used to wait till like in the fall and now mm-hmm. games are coming out in the summer in force. Then this is changing. Uh, I think people like to stay at home and play video games more than uh, they used to. I got a, uh, an older super chat. I had to kind of uh, dig up here from I Siler 18. We we're talking about the uncharted thing. He said, plenty of folks don't care about $10. My issue is you can't call this an uncharted legacy with only two games. I must be the only one puzzled with this. So is this, this is just Uncharted Lost Legacy and Uncharted 4 because the first three are already remastered? Is that what the situation is? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is kind of weird to call it Legacy when it's just two Uncharted games and not all the Uncharted games, right? It'd be like yeah. calling Master Chief Collection the Master Chief Collection, but it only had Halo 4, right? Or yeah, like Halo and, 4 and yeah. like ODST or something where you're yeah, just like, yeah. okay, well, that's not all of them. So, Miles, yeah. what do you think? What do you think about about more shows, though? I, I think that's an excellent approach for Xbox. And Xbox has proven this year, if they've proven anything, it's that they know how to guide their, their marketing narrative on, on social media. They know how to get attention. There were several stretches where it was week after week after week, Xbox had something. It wasn't necessarily a new game. Like every Monday, right? But every Monday there was something Xbox related, something that got people talking about Xbox. And if they really do want to do one game per quarter, we we can't rely on E3 and the Game Awards to carry Xbox through through the entire year. And maybe it is going to be those gameplay overviews like we saw with Halo Infinite, like, on a random Monday, we're just like Redfall gameplay overview. Here's eight minutes of Redfall co-op. Here's how it's going to work. Do it. Maybe they'll just lean into those, but I would love, you know, again, there's a reason the Nintendo directs are so, so popular. It's this nice tight pocket of games and it's easy to, to digest. It puts stuff on your radar and it's a format that can easily be kind of thrown at any time of the year. It doesn't need to associate with E3 or the Game Awards. So yeah. I want Xbox to have its own kind of, you know, inside Xbox was great for what it was, but I want a nice tight update style format and with for those Xbox. dislike with those dislike counts hidden. You don't have to worry about if you have a tepid state of play, you're getting like barraged with people hitting the boom, 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 boom right? So uh, maybe it gives you a little breathing room. Right, Rand? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we wish we had those dislike buttons back for our channels. But uh, yeah, that's one of those things. Like, Miles, you nailed it. Like, Xbox, you're not listening to this show, but get out there. Just put some stuff together. And they don't even have to do an inside Xbox, like, upload edition. Like, just let your studios share when they're ready. And maybe, you know, Matt Booty should reach out, marketing should reach out and say, hey, such, you know, Hey, Compulsion, when do you think you're ready to show your new game? And they say, you know what? I think we'll have a vertical slice ready uh, in, you know, September. And like, all right, cool. Let's work on it. And, you know, keep on them. Uh, let them do their thing. But, yeah, I don't know. We, we love to see that stuff. And I feel like in this day and age, 
You can reveal at any time during the year. You can reveal a Christmas morning, and we're going to watch. Shout out to 108 Dragon STV or, or Lemon with the $5 Super Chat. It says, hey, guys, great show. How many remasters of a remaster do we honestly need? I feel like it's more of a cash grab. Enough is enough. I'm a fan of the series. Um, the remasters are the name of the game, I guess. You don't really need them now um, if, the, if, the, if the studios can upgrade them to a higher frame rate because now the consoles can handle it but they're not going away are you they remember you remember when i said hey colt with this new generation coming up i bet you they're gonna oh, be some, yeah. some, some publishers that charge for next gen patches and you were like they can't get away with that and that i remember did. that discussion so well and uh, i think dealer and i were talking to you and we kind of made fun of you like yeah you no made fun that's of me. that's too mustache twirl it's too yeah. evil Evil to give me the, give me your mustache twirl there, Miles. But but no, but but never never underestimate corporate greed. Yeah, so. unfortunately. But you know, shout out to Don Matrick for uh, being on the Xbox uh, documentary, and and I hope he's doing well, uh, working at Candy Crush, whatever he's doing. But there is some corporate greed. But we we have been here long enough. These guys are amazing. Thank them so much in the chat. If you're in the chat, right. Thanks, Miles. Thanks, Rand, for coming here and giving us the, the deets and the info and some of the speculation. It's been a really great show. This is the XTC Podcast. Hit the like on the way out. We're going to take off. This show will be set up on Google, Spotify, Pocket Podcasts, Apple Podcasts uh, for on demand. So you can check this out later. If you're in the UK or New Zealand or wherever, and it was just way too late. You fell asleep. You'll be able to listen to the rest of the show. It'll also have timestamps for you people that love to get right to, uh, your favorite parts. Thank you. Randall Thor. Everybody knows you. You're super famous, but give yourself a plug. Tell them what's next. Yeah, I'm super famous. Rand, um, Rand, you uh, are Rand. You no. are, you were famous. You were famous four years ago when I, uh, the great Randolph Thor. I remember DMing you like, man, we need to work together. Just we need to, you know, we need to do YouTube you together. You're so famous. <laughs> <laughs> Rand, tell the people where they can find you and what's next on the Randolph Thor 19 channel. Uh, you know, yeah, they can find me on uh, youtube.com slash Randolph Thor 19. Uh, no, do the podcast with Jazz Xbox 2 powered by Manscaped, you know. <laughs> For a little bit um we got a podcast coming up this week with jazz and maybe some video maybe i'll make a couple videos i don't know I'm trying to aim for like at least two so maybe i'll have a video out tomorrow i don't know about what but uh, i need to do something um colt you're ridiculous by the way what oh i'm sorry go ahead no this is it I'm not, it's it it's, no 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 <laughs> No, uh, I really appreciate you. Rand and I work together. Uh, not a lot of people know, but Rand and I kind of work together on our channels, help each other work on stuff and come up with ideas. So I really appreciate him. But the man who is not just more famous than Rand, but God. more desirable in every way. Miles Jesus. Duffier, Windows Central. Elden the, uh... Ring himself. <laughs> <laughs> the man who has summoned some of the greatest games into existence. Miles, what is next for Chatterdays, for your work you do with the team? Hum- humble brag it up. Uh, yes, thank you for acknowledging that I am, in fact, more famous than Rand and more desirable than Rand. I'm glad that that is recorded. Both those things are true. <laughs> Both those things are definitely true. Uh, no, no. Love you guys. Obviously, you know, 
before I was quote unquote in the industry or whatever you want to call it, I used to listen to Xbox two as I was driving between accounts for my job. So I remember listening to Jez Corden, Randall Thor, before I was making videos for Windows Central, before I was on podcast with Rand. So it's, it's awesome cool? to just, you know, have it come full circle, get a hangout, talk to Rand. Um, and yeah, if you want to get a hold of me uh, on Twitter at Miles Dompierre, I'm, I'm on there way too much. I, I tweet too much. Um, interact there. Windows Central Gaming on YouTube is where I put most of my videos up. Xbox Chatterdays, if you haven't checked it out. Um, finally, uh, 46 episodes in, we put it on audio services. So you can listen to it on Spotify and Google Play and iTunes and all that good stuff. Awesome. But yeah, mostly writing and making videos for windows central and playing wanna... that guitar yeah yeah just shred yeah. shredding tasty licks you know as my side hustle <laughs> for 0.00 dollars exactly yeah. making it rain absolutely yep, nothing yep. but yeah you guys are amazing um this show is a lot of work but the chat's awesome Shout out to my mods, Lethal Papa and Happy Bomb for keeping everything clean and clear and getting rid of the uh, the crazies and keeping the people who are crazy good. You guys are so awesome. We're going to get out of here. Have a good night. Get on that Halo Infinite. Get sweaty. Let us know your stories on Twitter. You guys are amazing. We're out of here. Have a good night.